everybody and welcome to the Cane and Rinse podcast, volume 10, issue 459, and it's a double game show. Actually, we're probably going to rope in another couple of games as well in passing, but our main focus are two arcade games, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and The Simpsons. Our editor Jay was confused when I mooted this show to him because he was like, why are those two games together? Well, if you don't know, I guess you'll find out. Joining me, Leon Cox, in issue 459. Ah, Brain Edwards. Uh, that's a bit of autocorrect there. Just fix that for you. Although, big, why big brain not? Edwards. He's a very... Look at the big brain. Check out the big brain on Brian. <laughs> well, I, am, I am the Krang of the podcast, I think, today. So uh, <laughs> so you can call me Brain. Brian. Do you it's live, great to be here. <laughs> do you live in the midriff of a bizarre automaton or whatever actually all that... all Amer- all americans do leon i'm oh, not sure okay. if you knew that about us but yes uh, they must uh... cg them i out on the uh, cgi the <laughs> yeah the robots out on the news uh, <laughs> i can see how this podcast is going uh, um zany to the max <laughs> yes, it's a classic cane and rinse just non-stop wacky off the wall japes yeah. with mikhail croda kawabunga not bad bit childlike maybe yeah it sounds like that to my ears but maybe, okay uh, fair enough that's in the ear of the beholder <laughs> in the ear of the beholder <laughs> as is welcome returning guest from uh both video wizards and one credit classics ben cartledge say your prayers titles good i was classic. hoping <laughs> i was hoping you'd bring you. that uh brooklyn <laughs> via the way of stoke there you go <laughs> <laughs> Is that is your accent actually Stoke or is it general vicinity of that I part of the? I just I speak the Queen's English, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's get into it. So, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Obviously, there were a number of TMNT games. In fact, the license continues to exist. Things occasionally pop out here and there, but this was uh, the first of five by Konami. Using that license, it is a scrolling brawler for the arcades, mainly. It was based on the Turtles franchise, but primarily it takes most of its influence from the animated series, which started in 1987, itself following up from the comic books, which started in 1984 by Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird, a sort of underground, quite cultish uh, cool comics. I remember my uncle telling me about them. Uh, I was slightly too young and unhip to know about the turtles. And then I was slightly too old and hip, I guess, to not like the turtles when I was when the cartoon came on. So, uh, yeah, it's um, I guess that's that's going into my history with the game, really. But um, so, yes, made by Konami, published by Konami in the arcades. Uh, there were Image Works, which was a subsidiary label of the uh, ill-fated Mirrorsoft for the home computers of turtles and it was ubisoft who brought this very game in fairly bare bones form to xbox live arcade some years later the names i've got for the credits on this game are simply from the credit roll at the end of the game Uh, there's no full names only initials so h oyama was the director of the game he went on to work on the x-men arcade machine which definitely uh, shares some uh, some dna with this one the sub-director was uh, Kei Takabayashi, who would go on to work on the sequel, the straight sequel to this one, Turtles in Time. And the programmer was A.G. Suzuki. 
The game came out in the arcades in November in 1989 in North America. Well, that's where it debuted. That was where Turtles were biggest, uh, but it also arrived in EU and Australia in 1989 before landing in Japan in 1990. For the NES version of the game, the original arcade levels were extended which was uh, quite a common thing to do with NES arcade ports back in the day. Two new levels and bosses were added, a snow-covered park where the turtles have to defeat Tora and his climate-changing machine, topical, and a dojo that is guarded by Shogun, a mechanical samurai. The NES version also features quite explicit product placement from Pizza Hut. (laughs) Yeah. Thanks, IMDb. Blue Weasel Breath from our forum says the NES version of the game was one I rented a few times with my friend and at the time it felt exactly like the arcade minus a few animations. Of course, it's nowhere close in actuality, but they did a really good job with the port and even threw in some exclusive levels and bosses too. Yeah. Yeah, it's. I think it's actually a really impressive 8-bit version. The NES version mm. is just like it falls kind of flat in the uh, yeah. NES setting. Sure. Yeah. Right, uh, let's get into our own histories. First, Just Turtles to start with. Um, Ben, now you've got some kind of uh, documented history with with Turtles, but I assume it goes back further. Yeah, um, I I, uh, obviously you think about the the whole kind of Turtles uh, kind of product and and kind of cultural kind of phenomenon, really. Yeah. I'm like right in the crosshairs of it of of, of that kind of demographic because so. I'm like I was born in 1980 so like when mm. these arcade games coming out and the the cartoons coming out I was at primary school so I was 10 or 11. Yes. So it just made it made perfect sense but um my first my first kind of encounter with a uh, a turtles machine was uh, on a a friend's birthday and it was a, a bowling alley. And uh, what happened was a couple of weeks before somebody else had gone there and said, oh, there's this Turtles machine there, and it's four-player. And so there was four of us going. They were, like, quite good friends. And the the whole lead-up to that thing was less, unfortunately, for, for my other friend, about his birthday, and more about how we were all going to play this Turtles machine, really. And then that's, that's that was the whole kind of focus of it. And like I say, you, you, we kind of, however old we were, kind of 10 or 11. And uh, I just, I don't know, like, I remember us all like walking in this bowling place and everybody else just went up to the counter where you get your shoes and was like oh there's all these lights and i remember just us four just running across to the other side where this turtles machine was and just standing there kind of looking at it and <laughs> it just became kind of one of those things really like i just i just saw it it just saw it everywhere um to the point where i'd even it was still popular years afterwards like um if, yeah yeah I saw it in kind of um, in uh, like video wizard style cabinets. Do you know what I mean? Just just kind of st- standard kind of cabinets, just kind of jammed in somewhere. Like with with the two player conversion kit, I saw a lot of four right. player machines. But it just it was one of those games for me that obviously I love games like that. I love the intellectual property. Like I loved it was it was everything, and it was perfect timing. But yeah. the big thing for me was like um, I just uh, I just seemed to see it everywhere. Like for a very for a very long period of time as well, really. When you consider about the the kind of runs that a lot of those a lot of those kind of games had, um, yeah. I and obviously as well, if you think about it, if you're um, if you own like a bowling alley or something like that, or you you own like a, a place like that or a cinema or something like that, like you're never going to fail to kind of make money off a cabinet like that mm-hmm. uh, because it's just it's a do you know what I mean? It's a big attraction, isn't it? You'll often see so people, immediate to pick yeah, up and play as well, exactly, yeah. and like yeah. the. The um 
the the intro theme is so mm. loud. It was like it a machine. Was always loud, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so loud, so trebly, and just seemed to cut over a lot of the other stuff, and mm. instantly, kind of instantly recognizable. But uh, but yeah, I am. Um, yeah, just, I had loads of really good memories of playing that um, playing that machine as a playing that machine as kind of as a kid, and I'd, I'd still see it like in theme parks and. You'd see it kind of knocking around in different places, and you said about Arcade Club, they've got one up there, aren't they? Do you know what I mean? And yeah, and uh, yeah, I've, I've kind of played that, and 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 yeah, like I said, you said as well. Like I went, I went on to when I started recording videos, and when I started like looking at um, uh, machines that I could one credit. Like a load of people asked me to do turtles, um, and I was doing a section at one point where people on Patreon were asking me to do kind of clears, and I said, look, I haven't got the time to get good enough for all of these to do kind of one a week, so I'll do like. I'll stick like 10 credits in or whatever it was and we'll do like a long play. And then if there's any that I get good enough at, I'll try and watch it. And I got turtles down to about, I started playing turtles and I got it down to about five. And I thought to mm. myself, I could probably do this. And, uh, and then I just spent ages uh, on, and I watched a couple of videos of, of, of different long plays to try and see if there's any tactics that I could kind of, and I kind of amalgamated a few different ones. Um, uh, and I, yeah, I got a one credit clear on it in the end. Um, you which did. Was, yeah, it was incredible. That's one of, that's from that. The funny thing with me at that point was I was like out of work at that point. So that was yeah. like my kind of one big focus, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was yeah. occasionally, I was occasionally getting flown around to watch fights and like coming home and playing turtles. That, that was kind of, we like, should say for listeners who, who don't know that Ben's also an MMA judge, uh, in case you haven't heard him before. Mm. Carry on, Ben. Yeah, it's not just not like blood sport or something. I'm just rolling around. To no, exactly. <laughs> People might not know, you know, what, randomly what organized violence, uh, yeah, <clears throat> kind of things. But yeah, I um, I spent ages and uh, I got the funny thing was as well with with the clear itself is that uh, it followed the pattern that all clears did. Like I gave myself a block of time recording when I knew I was getting close, and uh, I had one really good go um, where I got all the way to uh, Krang and died. And then I thought to myself, right, got good momentum, carry on. So I played for another about an hour and a half and didn't get anywhere near. Like aborted loads of runs halfway through and just was absolutely terrible. And I just thought to myself, right, I'll have one more and then I am going to do something else. And on that one, I got all the way to Shredder on my last life and he one-shotted me because uh, he has got a one-shot kill attack, hasn't he? No. And, uh, has he? Yeah, yeah, the mutagen oh, beam, that, yeah. yeah. Is that, oh, okay. He turns that, that into any turtle. Yeah, okay, baby turtle, sure. Yeah, that's one at, one at kill, For some yeah. reason in my head, it's like Ghouls and Ghosts, where after a few seconds you turn back, but no. <laughs> no, no, you're done. Um, so that was that. And I just thought to myself, uh, and funnily enough, you say that, I remembered clearing Ghouls and Ghosts in the same way and clearing our type in the same way and thought to myself, if this follows a pattern, then yeah. I'll get this now. And yeah, I did. Yeah, <laughs> like I ended up, I ended up getting the, I ended up getting the whole thing, and the, and yeah, it's 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 just fun, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? It's great to kind of, it's great to play back, and like, uh, it's it's funny. And we'll go into some of the gameplay things. It's funny how glitchy bits of the bits of the game are, but oh, it, yeah. it's, it's not in a bad way though. It's kind of quite charming somehow for me. Mm. Brian, I reckon you're the precise right age for turtles as well. Then, yeah. Uh, well, actually, Ben and I discovered turtles when we went to the Kumite in 1984 in Hong Kong. <laughs> now, um, so now, uh, uh, now Ben, Ben and I actually have a similar experience with the first with getting to know turtles. I'm from a very rural town in western New York State, um, kind of in between Buffalo and Rochester. Uh, for anybody familiar with the states, but anyway, um, we didn't have an arcade anywhere in my town. The only place that we had that had arcade Deprived. games when I was that age was a bowling alley. 
Yeah. And um, I'll, I'll never forget. I mean, I was I was seven when the show hit and, and the game came out. I was full on Turtles, everything. It was, you know, it was you know, it was aimed directly at me. And at this our, uh, I, I've said this before, maybe on another show, but at this uh, bowling alley, um, they had uh, an Operation Wolf cabinet, a mm-hmm. um, Sunset Riders cabinet nice. and um, and Turtles. And I remember my friends and I, who had no interest in bowling, convinced our parents to join to join us in the youth bowling league every Saturday morning, <laughs> so you could play video. Games. And so we would go, and it would literally be we'd we'd save up quarters, we talk about it at school, um, who's going to play as who, and 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 how many quarters we could each get, you know. And, and so if somebody <laughs> had more quarters, we'd had like kind of agree to like share them in a pot so that we could you know use them together. And uh, did so you ever get caught and, coming out without your bowling shoes on? Like no, you never. So- you never changed into <laughs> so like our parents basically the rule was we had to bowl so okay. like we would suffer through Bowling's two cool. games of bowling Bowling's all right uh, yeah uh, yeah no yeah we had fun obviously we were little kids but that, then you know we i'll never forget it because we were there was a couple other the kid groups that would want to play as well and but we it was i was young enough to have to stand on the milk crate to uh play the game your own riser that. yeah yeah i just it, it was just you know the game is just so nostalgic for me for for a lot of reasons um but yeah i played a ton of it we like i said before my we had the nes home version um which i'm pretty sure i convinced my little brain that it was ju- just as good you know and you play yeah. it at home but um but you know obviously not and uh, my brother and i played a lot of that in two player uh co-op so i'm very familiar with the game and then uh recently i'm very lucky to have in rochester new york the strong museum of play which has a really uh, nice arcade uh, level collection. I'm a member there, so um, I played through. Mm-hmm. I played through the coin up, and th- and it's one of those ones too where you don't have to use tokens. You can just yeah. you know just yeah, hit the free button play. to clear uh, credits. Cool. So once you're in, play. you're in. Yeah. Yep. So uh, so yeah, I've I've played through Turtles to completion um, a number of times over the last couple of years before uh, the pandemic. Uh, getting uh, didn't know I was preparing for, preparing for this show, but I, no, but no. I but I was preparing for this show. Yeah. yeah, it was a slightly left field selection, but uh, yeah, essentially it was because the Simpsons coin up is thirty years old this year. That's pretty yeah. much why we're doing it. Yeah. Come to think of it, there's a lot of bowling balls in the game as well, right? There are. Yeah. <laughs> well, Homer loves bowling. Yeah. It's a it's a key plot point in in many episodes. Yeah. Uh, but and in, there's but some in the turtles, in, oh, in as well. turtles coming yeah, down the stairs. Uh, yeah, that's true. Coming down the yeah. Mikhail, was uh, Turtles as big a deal in Holland as it was in the US and the UK? Uh, definitely, yeah. But um, I was a little bit older than Brian and Ben, so not quite in the crosshairs for it. And yeah. I remember getting a catalog of upcoming NES games when I got my NES um, yeah, early in 1990. And it had an upcoming game in there called Turtles, which was the first NES game. That's it. It didn't. It wasn't labeled Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or Hero Turtles. Mm. It was just labeled Turtles in the in the catalog. <laughs> and you saw a it's little really limp when you yeah a little great. Take the rest of it. Away. You saw this weird like green dragon looking main just character. It looked like in the in the dodgy screenshot. You know, could have been like Seaman or you know something like yeah. that. Just and just uh, and it's, it's the, the the Dutch blurb said something about this big hit uh, cartoon series from the United States right. called tur- called Turtles. And uh, so I had really no idea. Until, and this was my f- actual first introduction to the Turtles, uh, the Traveling Fair came around in 1990 and they had a four-player Turtles cabinet in there, uh, in that mo- in the mobile arcade that they, um, yeah, 
all all the t- like two times a year that would come by and they would have all the latest all the latest arcade games in there. Um and yeah, I never really had any experience with uh, with the turtles up until that point. So to me I definitely gravitated towards the turtles but to me they were f- more like video game characters f- first and foremost uh, it almost felt like the cartoon was more like the adaptation of the of the video game rather than the other way around uh, and though i was you know a little bit older already i definitely did think they were uh, really cool character designs just uh, and that, the whole idea is just funny right like uh, turtles notoriously slow animals you know um <laughs> fulfilling the roles of uh, stealthy speedy assassins yeah they, I, um so it's an american comic book and yeah. uh turtles are what we call tortoises aren't they so it's actually for us it really should they should have changed it to hero tortoises yeah rather than just <laughs> it just yeah. doesn't scan quite as yeah. well so yeah the arcade game was my first introduction to the turtles and yeah we spoke about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles on episode 11 of Video Wizards. Um, yeah. If you excuse me mentioning that. Uh, you I, can I usually, I usually, We usually do that on Video Wizards, actually. We said, oh, we spoke about this for two hours long, this game in uh, exactly. uh, issues such and such of Kane Rins. It's all cross-pollination, sure. of course. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. I think that we should, uh, we should just... Uh, petition the the eu to change the official to, uh, name of it to um at adolescent transfigured <laughs> hero tortoises <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> just, just go just go whole hog just it was whole uh, it, to be honest it's surprising that there wasn't a game that came out with that na- that exact name because <laughs> everyone was making stuff that was along those lines oh yeah uh for the next few yeah years. yeah we spoke about that a lot as well in the video was this the cowboys of moo mesa were there and uh the, the the street sharks and uh, biker mice from yeah, Mars, biker mice from Mars, yeah, yeah. Yeah. ninja yeah, hamster, <laughs> samurai yeah. pizza cats, yeah, yes, yes, naturally <laughs> They're all around. But yeah, um, yeah, I I definitely, yeah, it was just a, a really such such a bold and big arcade machine with all the sound coming from it, uh, you know, you know, just just so noticeable in the arcade and just cutting through everything. And then, yeah, just such a massive machine with the, with the huge panel with the four um, sticks on it, and then the button arrangements. Um, yeah, and those th- that machine was always hugged, you know. And uh, yeah, it was it was just such a pure spectacle. Um, maybe not, you know, I was a big Double Dragon fan, and I've always felt like the Turtles game was a bit slight in terms of the move set that you had in it. Uh, but there was just so much interactivity with the environment and so much uh, spectacle going on and, you know, surprises around every corner, which really, which I found really attractive. Yeah. So as I say, I was not hip enough for the original comic, but I remember it being mentioned at the time, as soon as the cartoon came on the TV, uh, and I, which I was a little bit old for, just a tad. Um, I remember talking to my uncle who was a bit more uh, hep to underground popular culture and said, oh, you know, this is actually based on a really cool underground cult comic that they've got the license for and they've turned into this super kid friendly mainstream thing. And I was like, oh, OK. Um, then I just remember all the computer games, magazines being just jam packed with turtle stuff for the next few years, uh, covers on CMVG and, and everything else. I can't remember the exact order. Uh, in among this that I saw the arcade game, but I think it was you know, the the first flush of Turtle Mania, obviously, that everyone had probably moved heaven and earth to get that machine out and get it into arcades to ride that 
the crest of that wave. And yeah, it's such a cliche, but it's absolutely true. I was walking down West Street, the uh, one of the centres for for arcade gaming in Brighton in the in the eighties and nineties. It was literally just a big long row of arcades. That street, uh, it was where I spent a huge amount of my youth, as I've mentioned on many podcasts. And yeah, one day turning uh, turning into the big wide open double doors of one of the big quite flashy uh well, it seemed flashy at the time probably you know a bit naff in some ways but uh one of the arcades and yeah this big new stand up four player cabinet and as you walk in you hear that and then the song starts uh you see the skyscraper kind of zooming down it was a really impressive intro for the time thinking back uh, we hadn't had the the sort of mega intros that we got from capcom in the 90s to to the street fighter games yeah, and yeah. things like that i think it mimicked the, car- the cartoon opening sure yeah yeah, yeah. I, yep. I must have and i must have caught bits of the cartoon i was obviously aware of it but i was 18 years old so i was over the this was to me it looked absolutely ripe for maybe seven to 12 year olds so i was just you know just slightly beyond that um, but it was still a new Konami arcade game with really cool graphics. And so, yeah, I played it. I, I certainly did play it. I probably didn't ever beat it because it would have taken me hundreds of credits, but I used to play the first few levels quite a lot. And, and you then... did see that, actually, people just having a stack oh, of coins, sh- yeah. like a group it... of friends, like four people, and just playing credit feeding through the whole game together, yeah. Absolutely, yeah, and I certainly did that on on some things as much as as, as many credits as I could get hold of. I remember shoveling money into uh, Final Fight in particular, um, and I and again, this might even be a false memory that I've kind of artistically created in in post, as it were. But I I'm sure I remember seeing kids in those little soft TMNT costumes, all huddled around the machine with their with their sighs and their and their bow staffs and whatever else kind of with their masks over their eyes and stuff but that that may be fanciful on my part but i'm certainly i'm certain it happened somewhere in the world yeah uh sure, that's accurate of some point one in time, one I... dressed as each turtle um mm-hmm. but yes i'm so unturtles literate i still don't know which one is which i don't know which color goes with which name i don't know which turtle is which personality i'm sorry there it is uh since then i've uh i I bought that xbla version as soon as it came out because uh i would do and yeah i've played that through a load of times in 2007 and then been back to it sporadically ever since i suppose pecan pie says my arcade experiences in the early 90s usually occurred at birthday parties at large entertainment centers that had mini golf bumper cars batting cages and arcade machines what a lucky kid it would be a rush to see who could secure a spot at the most popular games, Street Fighter 2, Mortal Kombat, NBA Jam, X-Men, and both T- Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and The Simpsons were sought-after machines. The Turtles and The Simpsons were some of the coolest franchises to an eight-year-old kid, and part of the fun was the fight over which character you got to play with three of your friends. For The Simpsons, everyone wanted to be Bart, with, uh, while The Turtles offered a bit more nuance to the selection, were you motivated by wanting to use Michelangelo, man, Michelangelo's nunchucks or uh, or embodying his party lifestyle? Do you and your friend both want to be Leo, but it is his birthday, so you must settle for Raphael? <laughs> I don't remember much about the gameplay or levels or even how far we progressed. 
What I do remember is because this was a few years before the four-player GoldenEye and Mario Kart 64 days, getting three of your friends together to roam the streets, beat up foot soldiers and eat pizza was a pretty rad experience, dude. So yeah, the intro... That sounds about right, yeah. The intro plays out, the song blares out, you shovel some coins in and yeah, you choose your character. Uh, there are differences. I, I don't I hope these were retained in the NES version and home versions, but it's the sort of thing that would... They're, they're less pronounced in the NES version. Yeah. Yes, yeah, less pronounced, I, exactly. I did wonder. But yes, Donatello has slower attacks, but longer range. Michelangelo and Raphael are faster attacks, but shorter range. Leonardo is a well-rounded turtle with <laughs> average range and speed. So, uh, Ben, your one credit was done with? Donatello. Yeah. Is that is that the only way forward? Do you think you could do it with the others? I don't know. Probably not Raphael, uh, because he hasn't got the both buttons kind of jumping swipe attack as he's got like a rolling like front. They've got a rolling yeah, kind it's of really sweep annoying. Yeah. 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 It's um, good to get under thrown projectiles from uh, from enemies though. Yeah. Um but the problem is is like with the shorter range is you've got to kind of you've got to get in the kind of danger zone a lot more, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. you stand you stand in the pocket more, you're going to get hit. It's like Floyd Mayweather. I've got to <laughs> I've got to dance around the outside to 50 and 0, do you know what I mean? I'm mm. not going to go in there and I'm not going to go in there and just throw hands like a lunatic. I've got to like uh, Donatello gives me that because I've got the range to just kind of prod people from a distance. Well, see Donatello was a scientist, Ben, and that's, that's why. why he would see stayed outside because he had the brains and, exactly. and he was Raphael a for sure. Raphael's cool but rude. Oh no, Donatello. Yeah, Donatello was a teenager, but also was an accomplished scientist and <laughs> okay. physicist. Yeah, he did and machines, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Donatello sure did machines. <laughs> he does machines. That's what the song <laughs> yeah. said, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. that was yeah. that's yeah. one heck of a that, lyric. That, that's what they're referencing. Yeah, yeah Raphael. His personality is to rush in there and get dirty too quick, and then ends up that's with a the few problems on his face. Yeah, you take you take shots. You take shots you don't need to take. And yeah. like uh, the whole thing with this is like um, with with a big clear or any clear really, the whole thing is just minimizing risk, um, and you just you just get with with a character like Donatello, there's less opportunities for you to kind of get hit if you're further away. So like uh, he is like in terms of um, individual weapon speed, he is a kind of um, a tiny bit slower apparently. I've never really kind of noticed it that much, but um, but yeah, for, for me, kind of. Uh, Donatello was kind of the uh, the only choice, really. I reckon I could do it with Leonardo and probably Michelangelo, but I'd really right. struggle with Raphael, I think. Hmm, interesting. Got any favorites, uh, Brian? Uh, I always picked Donatello because of the range. At least I think I did when I was a kid. Um, it's hard to remember, kind of, because we, we'd all just kind of rush up to the cabinet and just get in. It was basically a race to see who didn't have to be Raphael. Um and and yeah, I, I remember playing it. It's it's one of those things. And I, I've said this almost this exact same thing before on other recordings. But um, my little brain, like it, it felt like you were playing the cartoon. Like it looks so yeah. good. I mean, and the graphics still for an arcade game from from 1989, it still looks pretty good. Um, yeah, you know, I, I completely agree. I and, think the graphics look uh, tremendous. Yeah. yeah. And and just it, the way that it mirrored the the style of the cartoon was just it, just so appealing. So it, so bright. it was one of those games yeah. where you really didn't care who you were playing as, as just as long as, long as you were playing. You were the playing. Game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the game has some references to the original comic book. Uh, the first scene is a fire at April's apartment. This happens in the first live action movie, nineteen ninety, and the two thousand and three TV series, but never in the nineteen eighty seven TV series. Thanks, Turtlepedia. Uh, we should say, for those, again, who don't know 
for whatever reason, either you were never an arcade person or you're very young or something, but um, the game is a, a controlled by a digital eight-way joystick plus two buttons, jump and attack. There is a jump and attack together a move, which do, does not cost you health in this game, unlike uh, certain other games where your kind of special would take away some life. So it's uh, it's kind of generous in that regard. And in fact, Ben's one credit playthrough, you're probably using the special attack more than anything else. Yeah, like with with most of the um, kind of the, the, the enemies that you see the most of, like the Foot Clan and the various different uh, different coloured guises and weapons and whatever, um, that attack uh, kills any of them with one hit. Um, so, and especially going back to the fact that uh, uh, you have the uh, uh, range with Donatello a bit more. His attack, which is the, like Raphael's got like a, as we said, like a rolling kind of kick. But the other three, if you press them both at the same time, they just do kind of a jumping swipe. Swipe, you jump, yeah, yeah. You jump vertically and do a, a horizontal swipe. And obviously, uh, Michelangelo and um, Leonardo have a similar range, whereas Donatello's is a, a much longer range one. Um, so, like your uh, your ability to kind of uh, and obviously we'll talk tactics about different things, but your ability to uh, to kind of one shot enemies like that, um, coupling it with Getting them stuck on bits of uh, terrain <laughs> is, uh, yeah. is is massive, really. Uh, I was going to say that one of the most impressive things about that run, aside from all of it, Ben, is the way, and I'm going to forget the name of the enemy, I apologize, the way you handle the the like the like uni- the one-wheeled robots that can oh, shock yeah, yeah. you with it. Yeah, the like Roku Rodneys. Yeah, thank you, yeah. they uh, oh, There's like... Yeah, I I just remember... <laughs> I remember, like, we would... We could es- essentially get to that stage... Uh, fairly regularly we're playing with four people obviously we, we're playing all the time we could get to the, those early stages with those robots fairly quickly and just and and just eventually it would just be four turtles just with that shock skeleton oh, animation God, over yeah. and over and over again they would just it swarm us it just like four, there's four times yeah. the, four times the enemies as well isn't there? yeah exactly so, I mean, well, you've got just... like eight of them running around <laughs> yeah it's a nightmare yeah we would, a- we would basically wait for somebody to die so you could get a new quarter in there and come down and get that brief moment of inz- invincibility yeah, exactly. to try to take everybody out, give us a breathing room. Yeah, uh, Very impressive. Very impressive. Thank you. On a technical front, the game is uh, it's, it absolutely seems to be... I, I, I haven't played... I, I probably would have played it like two or maybe three player back in the day, but obviously in recent years, I've not played it over... Um, peer-to-peer xbla those games were always janky as heck and and uh, laggy and and whatever else but having uh you know playing it now um it feels incredibly smooth like 60 fps no problems whatsoever um and the game chucks around a huge amount of sprites so this seemed to be pretty capable tech for the time when you think about how much you know, profound slowdown games like Double Dragon had obviously completely different hmm, yeah. company and different tech. But this game just does it. Do we know if it does it drop frames if there's four of you with you know eight enemies on screen or whatever like all that? Does it does it maintain its its lit? Yeah, I was playing it with the three three of us, me and my two kids, and uh, sure, yeah, it was. Uh... The screen was filled, and I that was on the XPLA anything. version. Then? Yeah, the so XPLA version. Yeah, maybe it wouldn't emulate the slowdown because you mm. you might have have to actually emulate yeah, it. That's a good point. Hard the, to the know. The NES version obviously had a lot of slowdown. Um, Flicker when you play two player. Uh, yep, uh, you'd have a lot of that. Um, I yeah. don't remember it at all in the arcade, but again, uh, rose colored glasses. So um, yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, when I played through um, uh, last year at the at the Strong Museum of Play, I mm. just remember how like I I remember that game feeling fast, but then like the way that 
uh, that diagonal jump kick. Like yeah. it, it feels like you accelerate, you know. What yeah, I mean? like yeah, it just has yeah, that yeah. that real that real that fluid motion, that real sense of speed to it that um that does make you you know it does make you feel like a ninja slash hero turtle. Yeah, here, here's um, the thing so. about that: the jump kicks. Uh, there's a, a variety of uh, different jump attacks, right? The, it depends yeah. on when you hit the attack button and what exactly. what height. Yeah, yeah, yep. uh, Okay, they they all feel weak to me though, and th- this sort of segues into a sound design conversation. Not the music, we'll come on to that, but the actual sound design. One of the issues I always had with this game was its lack of crunchy sound for for most of the combat. Like, it's really striking when you hit one of those robots because you get that really satisfying clang and it feels like you've hit them with one of your metal weapons. But all of the fights with the foot soldiers, even compared to other games of the time, like Double Dragon and Final Fight, I always felt like the connection was really lacking. Now, my theory is that this was deliberate to make it not seem like a horrifically violent game because it was obviously meant to be so child-friendly tying in with the with the turtles. But I still feel like the game kind of lacks a little because of that. And even not just the sound design, but also things like when you do one of those flying attacks, it always feels just like even the animation doesn't really sell the contact that... It, mm. it, that strongly. So that It's was all one very, the... very lightweight, yeah. But it feels yeah. more like a, like a high-mobile... Uh, mo- like mobile in, ter- in terms of mobility, like a, a mm. fast and speedy and zippy um, beat 'em up that doesn't really dwell on on damage taking and, and sure. incurring. You know, any thoughts on the sound design, folks? Yeah, so there's that there's that par 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 that sort of sound, right? When you hit uh, foot foot clan soldiers, mm. it's that uh, that weird sound, yeah. Yeah, it is strange, isn't it? I yeah, know what you mean. Yeah. Like it's missing, like it's missing a kind of. Bottom end. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. it is. Yeah. They do. They do have a little hit impact thing going on, and they, they vibrate a little bit. The sprites when you when you hit them. Mm. But yeah, I mean, yeah, just like that, that like wishy sound when you're yeah. making contact does it does really make it feel light. In fact, like it makes it feel even though it's not necessarily true with the programming, but it makes it feel like at any moment they're gonna break out of your sequence of attacks and get one in on you. Kind of yeah. um, that the sound doesn't feel like it's doing a whole lot of damage. When you think about it, I think a lot of Beat 'em ups that followed Double Dragon got a lot. You know, they improved on the genre a lot, but the raw impact of and you know raw violence of Double Dragon was not really matched in most cases. I think yeah. still, if you go yeah. back to it, just the impact of those Certainly, fists yeah. uh, hitting hitting enemies and the the hard crunchy sound effects. As I say, I do wonder, maybe it's partly a, a feel thing just to try and keep it super light and zippy and sort of capture the kinetic uh, action of the art of the coin of the cartoon, I should say. But I do, yeah, as I say, I do wonder if there was just some internal decision to avoid the sort of scrutiny of censors or, or very you know, well mor- be, yeah. moral arbiters sort of saying this game is so violent. So they've actually mm. made it. Well, it is obviously you're still throwing people into fire and they explode and stuff like that. <laughs> but actually, the 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 sense of violence is really not yeah. there, is it? And the, and you're not fighting people; they're robots, right? I got that very early on when I was playing the game for the first time. Like, foot okay, these foot, have, foot, oh, okay. This, uh, foot soldiers explode when you defeat yeah, them. Yeah, so I just I thought, thought that was a, a keep the speed of the game up thing by <laughs> yeah. uh, by getting rid of the sprites but I no, suppose they're that... supposed to be robots i think okay uh, see this is my lack of well. turtles lore more back to the the sort of vibe of the cartoon then the uh the music 
um, high energy stuff and tons and tons and tons of gank. Um, orchestral <laughs> stabs are the star here. I know watching Ben playing this from his video, uh, he was going, ah, oh, this music, this music. So for me, it's like I like this, the general sound and vibe of it. But I've never, um, I guess, again, just my lack of affection for the for the IP or whatever. I've never kind of really fallen in love with the tunes. But I love the fact that it sounds so 1989 arcade game. It really uh, fits the game, doesn't it? It's yeah, just like totally, so yeah. Uh, high energy. Yeah. yeah. I was also wondering, like, we were talking about sound design before. Like, do mm. you think sound design may have been an afterthought? Like, just because they knew going into it that the the music was going to be that loud and that over the top, that, like, <laughs> yeah. maybe maybe some of the background noises, the you're not going to hear the wallop of of hitting a foot soldier because you're just going to be hearing the the synth, yeah the gank you yeah know? exactly. <laughs> um, so yeah, I I do I have a huge amount of affection for the music, also because of the show. Um, but I do think the tracks that were made originally for the game and drawing mm. on inspiration of the tracks for the mm. show do match the pace of a, of a beat em up. It did. It does. Yeah. It gives that impression that you're screaming through these levels and um, yeah, and yeah it, it's really is appropriate. The whole for, thing uh, feels like a sugar rush for eight year old boys, basically. You know? <laughs> um, or, or indeed in Ben's case, 34 or whatever you were when you put, when you won credited this, oh, what yeah, yeah. The, there was one of the tunes that you particularly love. Was it the, 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 the auto scrolling fast yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you need to listen to that because, like, your strategy yes. for uh, doing right. that relies yeah. on uh, listening, to letting yeah. the music loop yeah. twice. So, like, um, what how it works? Because obviously, like, there's, there's um, that's a really well. I suppose you saw it a lot in some kind of beat 'em ups, didn't you? Really, some kind of brawlers did have like a, an auto scroller every now yeah, and yeah, again. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah. So you get on the uh, you get on the hoverboards, don't you? And there's like, um, uh, there's uh, Foot Clan soldiers throwing kind of stuff at you. Helicopters. Uh, yeah. So the way it works is right. You take the helicopters out first, and then uh, don't kill any of the uh, don't kill any of the foot soldiers. Because if you kill any of them, what happens mm-hmm. is like uh, you'll respawn helicopters, but not normal <laughs> helicopters, the gun ones. You'll get the bomb helicopters, which are loads more dangerous. So you literally all you need to do is take the helicopters out, and then just constantly jump from the top of the screen to the bottom of the screen, right? And the way to know when it's time to kill everybody is you let the music loop twice. So by the time the music's looped completely twice. You go um, if you because you're going across a bridge. You get off the bridge, so there's no kind of bridge animations on the side. And when you yeah. kill the Foot Clan, they then aren't replaced. Yeah. So like you can then just kill the four. How long did it take you to realize that? Do you know? Um, I'd seen some. I'd seen not that specific technique, but I'd seen people saying about not killing anybody. Right. Um, and uh, and to not spawn the helicopters. Mm. And I thought to myself, well, how long is this gonna? How long will this last for? And so I did it. I just thought to myself, all right, I'll just I'll kill the helicopters and then see how long it goes. And then it became really, I thought to myself, I wonder how long I could actually do this for. And uh, I did it for about half an hour. And I thought, this is never going to end, is it? Like this, and it doesn't. Yeah. It just inevitably kind uh, of thingies. Wow. I was going to say, because most of these games had a timer to stop people just sitting there on the machine, right? This game doesn't have a timer? Um, or, just, or does it have anything to hurry you along? There is I mean, there's it, a... On there isn't on this on the normal levels like there's a there's not a timer but if you stand still like a, a bomb drops right and you lose okay. a little health uh, there yeah, had to be so, something yeah. there had yeah, to be yeah something. but you yeah. haven't got that on the on the um the scroll the auto scroll right. one yeah so like yeah honestly I did it for ages um, and <laughs> can you imagine you, you can really like aggravate an arcade operator by just yeah. really oh, idling man. there <laughs> yeah he's playing a marathon like <laughs> doing seventy two <laughs> hours on it or something. 
Like Todd Rogers. Yeah, you if your score it. was going up the whole time, then there would be people doing that. But fortunately, yeah, of course, yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, exactly. But then, then the... after about half an hour, I killed them all, and then the level yeah. ended, and I thought to myself, I wonder how hmm. long into this I could have done that and just ended right. the level and not have yeah. to find any more yeah, helicopters. Yeah, yeah. And then hmm. I was just like, right, uh, wait till we get off the bridge. No, and then I was like, right, and I was just humming the music, and then I was like, and then it started again. I was like, oh, it's looped, uh, and I thought I'll listen to it again, and it looped again, and and I just. Killed him, and that was the end of the level. And I thought, oh, okay, two loops of the music. Insight into the mind. There you the go. Workings of the one creditor. <laughs> uh, one of the key strats, of course, with a game like this, obviously, yes, you have to keep moving forward, otherwise, you get bomb killed. But uh, it's very much about um, tiptoeing your way forward a lot of the time, you were saying, and basically not to bring too many enemies on screen at any one time. Yeah, exactly. So you don't get swamped. Yeah. What's the sort of. Is there, a, yeah, is there like a, are there different points where it's, you just, you know that this section will bring two enemies if you scroll up to a certain point of the scenery, but it would be, if you carried on, you'd get another four kind of thing. It's that type of scenario. Yeah, there's a lot of, uh, the thing is really bad for that. The Technodrome is really bad for that. Um, like The final you, level. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 it's really tough. Like you really need to kind of edge your way onto that. And the the, the level after you beat, um, uh, I think when you get out the sewers um like the the uh, the level there where you, you have to like edge so so closely because uh the one with all the cars and uh, and it's really tough because like if you walk literally you're talking like a second too far you'll spawn a group of six instead of a group of two do you know what i mean mm. and there's a lot of things where the bigger groups are all right because you can manage them if there's kind of choke points so, like, for example, you talked about, like, hitting signs and knocking stuff. There's a lot of interactive yeah. kind of things like that, like lampposts. Yeah, it's all really good fun, yeah. Yeah, lampposts are fire hydrants. But the primary use of lampposts, said lampposts and fire hydrants, for a run like that is trying to, um, uh, hook, like, get all the enemies to kind of get stuck behind them so they'll then attack you one at a time rather than them trying to surround you, which is when you always hear, when you kind of always get hit. And there's there's bits where if you advance too far, you'll get six people and no kind of choke points so you'll you'll yeah you're inevitably going to get hit then do you know what i mean mm. so like you need to you need to try and get them stuck on a pile of tires or do you know what i mean or or a, whatever whatever kind of there is but those yeah. kind of little tactics become crucial to yeah. managing kind of a uh, managing your managing your health and uh, your precious health bar yeah exactly yeah. uh which can only be topped up at predetermined points where pizzas have handily been left on the ground for you in traditional brawler fashion. Uh, there's no sort of, yeah, the game doesn't, uh, I, maybe it's difficulty based as to how many pizzas there are. So there's four levels of difficulty according to dip switches. Um, I know Ben, you, you generally play on default dip switch settings. Yeah. Um, as I say, if you play the XBLA version, you don't even have a choice, <laughs> but, uh, but I don't know whether it dictates like how many pizzas have been dotted through the levels. Does it multiply the pizzas if you're playing with more people? I assume. Yeah. If, if yeah, nothing yeah. else. Yeah. Another question, I suppose, is while I don't think most people play these games for score attack purposes, the game has uh, rather like the same year's game Golden Axe, which we did a show on before. It has a co sort of um, a, I, I don't know the best way to describe it, but rather than a normal video game high score where you would expect to be in the tens, hundreds, thousands kind of situation, it's just got a relatively low number that you kind of get up to sort of 300 mark by the end yeah. of the game or something around that sort of which i quite like 
Although, but it means there's a lack of differentiation, which the Simpsons Japanese version addresses, which we'll talk about. But um, I know you're much more of a, you know, beat the game on one credit guy than a scoring guy. But yeah. I know also in Golden Axe, you did get into uh, kind of understanding that slightly yeah. weird scoring system. Does, does Do you get Turtles and does it does yeah. it make you want to get The one thing with scores? Turtles is there's a certain, I can't remember which regional variation is, right? But there's a regional variation where it's really easy to manipulate the score through a technique called boomerang glitching. That's right. right. I've, um, yeah. Which obviously is like uh, the enemies that, uh, the Foot Clan, uh, I think they're yellow, who throw the boomerangs at you. You can yeah. knock those out of the air and get a yeah. point for, kind of for that. Um, and the opportunity to kind of multiply kind of yes. scores is, is it was the, the japanese version that fixed that exploit okay apparently. there you go yeah mm. yeah and you, i knew there was there was some yeah. variations with, with you saying um uh, with the the difficulties regarding kind of pizza how it how it works with that is the fact that like um whatever difficulty you start on let's say like you say there's four and you start on kind of two yeah. if you do a level without um dying then yes. it'll bump bump it up to three so when yeah. it goes up to spinal tap when you go up to when you go up to the tap where can you go when you <laughs> when you get up to four and, yeah. and you go to the next level. The only thing it can do is to change it. You can't change the difficulty, so it changes it to multiplayer. So it changes it to two-player mode. So you've got twice. So you've got the number of enemies that you get on a two-player game. So not as Christ. not more, not harder, but just more of them. And you and, know you're doing too well when you're getting too many foot soldiers. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. But like like I, I said a few times, but it's so true. Like uh, like one run I did, I, I did nearly the whole thing on one life. And uh, got to like the second to last, uh, the boss of the second to last stage, and there was kind of three pizzas because it had put it up to three player mode. Right. So that's, it can, yeah. So it's so that's how uh, that, that's why it thinks that there's a. So I'd done a, I'd done an entire level on maximum difficulty for three players. I thought it was hard to be honest. And is there got, actually any benefit to having three pizzas, or does one of them just fill up your? Yeah, one of them fills up your health bar, but it's right before a boss. So you never know what's gonna. You never know what's going to happen. But if you, the funny thing is you talk about um, uh, high score, then that's a massive way to kind of try and get a bigger high score um, yeah. because if you're playing three player, then there's three times more enemies yes. or, or more enemies and maybe not three times more exactly, sure. but yeah. there's enemies geared up for yeah. a three player game. So you're going to be able to get more points for kind of uh, more points for more kills that way. Yeah. So the thing we've revealed there is that the game has as many many arcade games did back in the day a lot of Japanese games and I noticed that uh it was one of those things that became sort of uh it became popular among western developers around this time as well to put in these sort of built-in invisible ranking systems that adjusted their difficulty as you played. Remember they put one in uh uh Swiv the the Amiga shoot 'em up and uh, the Bitmap Brothers were experimenting with this stuff in in Gods and things like that, um, but as we know, shoot 'em ups like Battle Garega are infamous for having this ranking system. And in the modern releases of those, you've actually got kind of visibility of what's going on, and expert players will manipulate this exactly like Ben's talked about. This is a relatively simple example compared to some, but there is the there are reasons to actually deliberately. Uh, lose lives i don't actually know because i've been playing that stupid xbla version with one life <laughs> what's the actual default dip switch settings for number of lives do you on a for your turtle is it three i think it's three yeah yeah but yeah, so it's like a i think it's numbered right like two yeah. two one zero i think yes. is like how it yeah if i remember yeah. correctly i do remember um, the uh, versions that i played in the arcade um that they usually had a very low amount of life set yeah, to them, you know? Yeah, of course so they did. 
people, yeah. uh, the operators would want to uh, yeah. get to keep on chugging those coins in there. Yeah. So I can't remember. Do you, do you actually die on purpose at any stage in your one credit run to take the rank back down? I am. Um, yeah. It, well, I had I had points where it was okay if I died. To be honest, um, yeah. like in terms of, I'd I'd never try and die, but mm. I'd my kind of strategy revolved around dying at some point yes because yeah. it's ridiculous otherwise yeah 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 can you earn extras no or no didn't think so no so like there's no um yeah so you've got a bit you basically go as far as you can until it gets as difficult as it's going to get and then accept the fact that you're going to die um, yeah to reset it for the next yeah. level um, Makes sense. If, you die, if you die in a boss um, it doesn't just reset the level that you're on that then ends. It resets the next level. Yeah. Oh. So um, it's uh, <laughs> it works kind of uh, it works kind of that way really. It's like and you uh, also get health top up after a level, don't you? Yes. Mm. It's like rank management in uh, Battle Garega. So uh, precisely. Yeah. 1996 shoot 'em up, uh, which has a diabolical and uh, intricate uh, rank system under it, and players have actually identified spots where. They basically need, they call it suiciding, where they will get themselves killed to lower the, the, yeah. the game's difficulty. That's right. And then, you know, build up enough lives via extends again to, so where they, to where they don't really end up in trouble. But it's sort of this ebb and flow, like, okay, I want to have this amount of lives at this point in the game. I want yeah. to have this amount of lives at that, that point in the game. And, and so on. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> as we know from our, um, I think when we recovered... Uh, Resident Evil 4, the only game we've covered twice on Kane and Rince. We, in between times, uh, in between our first podcast and second podcast, it had been sort of just discovered by players that Resident Evil 4 has really like intricate and beautifully balanced rank system uh, yeah. in it. Uh, that and, and God, God Hand, which had a very explicit rank system, yeah. of course, yeah. because it was just there. It it was just displayed on a screen, like what yeah. rank <laughs> rank level you were at. Yeah. Now, there's one strat which uh, I used based on your instruction, Ben, which um, which is there's a couple of levels where you can kind of do this. Uh, and it saved me a lot of credits, as many as I used. Uh, this is really handy. It's uh, Hug the I ledge. Guess, on the ledge. Hug yeah. the ledge. Yeah. Uh, explain this. It's crazy, isn't it? Like uh, the, the level that you first use it on is the, uh, the first one down in the sewer, yeah. which is a really tough because um, if you... You've got like a it's a, a kind of two layered kind of level. You've got like a obviously the water at the, the bottom, and then you can jump up to get to a platform kind of at the top. If you stay in the water for too long, you get missiles shot at you. Yeah. Um, but if you jump up to the uh, the ledge and then walk down for as basically till another input of down would would drop you in the water. What happens then is you can walk left and right on the ledge, um, and the uh, all the foot soldiers will survive you. Uh, will surround you excuse me but they won't actually throw any attacks and they can't hit you so literally all you need to do is to edge kind of left and then they'll just try and surround you and you'll be able to just kill them all really easily yeah and you walk under the it's not even worth there's a pizza at that point but it's not yeah. worth getting it no nope. <laughs> because then you have then you have to reset the ledge thing yeah. when there's a load of enemies there Come yeah so your, me, uh, me and my wire. kids were doing this also yesterday the three of us following your video uh, so we were all, all hugging the ledge. But then I think my daughter or my son, one of them was slightly off. Mm. And then the enemy started attacking uh, him or her. 
and also damaging us in the process. Yeah, yeah that's the thing. So it? that's the thing. It can be thrown off uh, in multiplayer. Ooh, yes. right, it's, okay. not, it's not the fact that uh, they can't hit you. It's the no. fact that they don't attack. Exactly. They so just you can don't still, register you as... Exactly. Uh, yeah. So yeah. yeah, if you've got two or three players, you've got to be bang on with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you've, got to yeah. Be, you've got to be really kind of pixel perfect with it. Yeah, it's that first bit in the sewer. Uh, and you're right, there's another one on uh, scene four, which is where you rescue Splinter. Yeah. Um, uh, and those are the bits where you can, um, yeah, you can kind of manipulate it a little bit. Um, and, and it makes yeah. the boss of that first sewer bit, uh, Baxter Stockman, super yeah. easy. Because obviously um, he fires the, um, the the kind of Mauser things at you and yeah. uh, they can't get you. And he can't just jump and jump and swipe repeatedly yeah. jump and attack. Yeah. Yeah. That, I just remember watching that, that clip of yours and just kind of like losing my mind thinking about, is that like all I had eight, to do? Eight yeah. year old me. Like, like that, that back sacrifice fight, I mean, is brutal when they've got all the mouse. Oh yeah. Out of you. Like, I mean, it's just like, it, you can't, you can't move anytime you land off a jump kick, you know, exactly, you're getting yeah. bit and Oh boy. Yeah. So when I saw that, it was like, it was, it was weirdly frustrating, but also like, like vindicated, but like, you know, be like, oh yeah, you can do that. You know, yeah, that's all, those things. I have that's many questions. To do. Firstly, <laughs> who's Baxter Stockman and why? Baxter the fly Stockman. He's the guy flying around. He gets, he gets it. Uh, does he get like uh, ooze poured on him as well? Or do they do some kind no, of No, he, no, he basically, they basically completely lift the plot of the movie, the fly Amazing. and apply it to him. <laughs> um, he has, he has a teleport, like he's. He has a teleporter thing. I think somehow he blames the turtles for the reasoning for it. He was trying to like help them in science, sci- you know, doing science for the mm. turtles, and then doing um, machines, and then and then accidentally gold bloomed himself into the, like this fly <laughs> fly man. And then wasn't was he behind the mutagen or something like that? Yeah, I can't. Uh, I can't remember. Um, all right, that's an, that's fine. That's all I need to know. Uh, <laughs> I suppose my other question is, and this is this is really for everyone, um, Ben chiefly, but ev- um, everyone might have a view on it. This game, obviously, arcade game, big cartoon license designed to sit in arcades and take as many quarters as possible. But we've also talked in the past when we've done these shows about old arcade machines. We talked about Rampage and how it was designed to be a coin gobbler. We talked about others like Final Fight gets incredibly intense later on. I don't know if it's possible to 1cc that. Probably. Yeah. Maybe maybe you've done it, Ben. On, on I have not done it, but a, no, good, uh, a good friend of mine, uh, a guy with a channel called uh, X Mosquito, has uh, has done it. He's really right. good. And okay. yeah, he's done he's done a video of that's when you know a game's really hard because he's done a video of how to one credit Final Fight, and I still can't get anywhere near it. Fair enough. But um, but yeah, it is doable. So my question is, I suppose, do we think that things like the ledge exploit, the boss, you know, that boss fight, and the and the little all the tricks and tactics that mean that you can, after a lot of cre- credits and quarters, you can one credit this game. Is it what do you think the designers were scrupulous and fastidious enough to make that possible, or do you think that it's all just stuff that has been figured out over the years? And actually, this this game was designed to chomp your credits forever, regardless of how good you were. You'd think somebody would have picked that up, to be honest. Like, because, like you say, you think, but then I don't know why would you. It's so incredibly niche. It's like the bit with, like, I was on about with like listening to the music and not attacking those. Like, why would you do that? Yeah, yeah. Like, a- that seems like one that it may, maybe it summons some. I don't know, but things like the ledge. Like, I know they mainly QA'd their own games at this point, and there's always that thing of if you're, you know, if you're too cl- too close to it, if you don't. I mean, they probably location tested it, but maybe because it was turtles, they just you know got it out there as soon as possible. I can see this just being, you know. 
really coasting on the strength of the license and just the craftsmanship um, behind just putting this sort of cartoon world to life on the screen. Yeah. That excessive playtesting and really deep mechanics weren't the highest priority there. There, and that's what I'm thinking. That it's kind of a, a side project. And they might as, I think they might as well just, you know, they might have tested the game uh, and, and ran it through and figured, okay, this is just about right and considered the possibility that it might be able to, you know, players would be able to, to clear the one credit, but I don't think it was expertly designed around then, er, er, designed around <laughs> that. I, I just like the idea, and I know nothing about game design, so this is just me <laughs> of like the, them being in a room designing the game, being like, "All right, we all know this. We all know that the sewers is very hard. So just for now, I put it in. So if you stand right on the ledge, yeah, nobody right. attacks you. You can just get yeah. through it. Let's just make sure there aren't any bugs with enemy spawning, and then they just forgot to take it out yeah. before they get the game. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, who yeah, knows? Yeah, and and I'd love to know. you know, it's it's a case by case thing. Um, and mm. we know from a lot of developer interviews that get translated nowadays uh, on schmaplations.com, for example. Yeah, that, uh, yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of the designers often weren't good enough players to 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 actually test their own game or test it There's to such that. an extent that yeah. if, if it could be cleared or not and that it wasn't as high of a, of a priority as uh, you maybe think it should have been. And... You know, a, a notorious example of that is that we uh, spoke about on that same episode of Video Wizards, episode 11, this Gradius 3, where everybody was just kind of designing their own level. They, they were sequenced in an order that had very little rhyme or reason behind it. Uh, and then it wasn't, you know, the, the people that were responsible for designing their levels tested if it could be cleared, but it was never tested from in, like, a, in a full run, <laughs> yeah. one credit from beginning to end, if it was possible at all to clear yeah. the game. I yeah. recently they recently re-released well that you. on the arcade archives label and uh, and even though I know everything about it I still bought it again. <laughs> it's just got just got to be done. Uh, funnily enough, there were going to be more pizza types in the game. There are three unused pizza box subtypes that would have given you different powers. Uh, these are on the ROM but not in the game. There's no code to actually give the player these bonuses. So each player, each pizza gives the energy bonus, regardless of pizza box type. That's from the cuttingroomfloor.net. So yeah, I guess one of them would have been like a power up. One of them would have been a speed up and something else might have been fun, but uh, considered extraneous in the end. I guess we should talk a little about the final boss fight again, as we've done some sort of strat talk uh, for normal mortals and humans and people who haven't seen the Matrix I don't mean seeing the film. I mean, literally, they understand the inner workings <laughs> of the Konami uh, programming uh, code from, from the 80s. Uh, the Shredder fight seems incredibly tough. So he, I don't even know, is it the hardest one in the game? It might be. Actually, the one before, it's not easy either. Uh, but, Crank, yeah. Yeah. Crank's tough, uh, to be honest. Yeah. So uh, he makes a clone of himself, a kind of mirror image. I guess this gets really, does he make more if there's more players? Yeah. Yeah, yep. yeah so you, yep. can, you can get up to four or five shredders on screen, I think. That would make sense. Uh, yeah. And so, yeah, what? how do you... And, and he's got this one-hit kill beam. The mutagen uh, beam, yeah. Turns you into a, a little turtle. Uh, how do you deal with... Obviously, again, this is... At this point, Konami dev team and uh, the company as a whole thinks, right, we've got people in the palm of our hand they've played this far there's no way they're not going to want to see the ending we've put all these <laughs> excellent cutscenes in so we'll make this as 
tough as possible to try and get people to chuck another 30 or 40 quarters in or whatever at this stage. But how could how could we possibly find out how to beat this without dying? The the deal with, with Shredder is that the battle's actually quite clever in terms of, like, if you play one player, so there's two, right? There's two kind of, uh, there's two Shredders there. Um, if you were... Uh, if you hit one enough times, what will happen is uh, his uh, uh, helmet will fall off. Yeah, um, signature helmet. Yeah, and uh, if the... Uh, I can't remember which way around it is, but basically, like, one of them's like... Uh, you, you have to... If you knock the helmet off one of them, then uh, he won't do mutagen beam. So at that point, the one without the helmet, you can lock him in a corner. The same way that you do with Death Adder, really. And then all you really need to do with the other one is to walk uh, up and then down, basically. And as he locks on the plane that you're on, yeah. uh, press attack and then come back down. And re- the, the thing with it is, is not getting greedy. That's the thing. So, like, you yes. can't try yeah, and yeah. get, like, th- two or three hits in because you'll Just get it. Just take your one hit. It's a, it's a bit like the, uh, for those who, who suffered with Mikhail through his Double Dragon 3 NES clear <laughs> there's a lot of i mean and actually i would say that this that one simple strategy again for those who don't know these games operate on a an xy and a z axis where you go into the screen the z axis and lining yourself up and waiting for people to walk into your uh onto your part of that z axis and then hitting them is yeah. the absolute fundamental part of this game and its sequel and the simpsons yeah i mean that's I wouldn't say, I don't know, most bosses, most, certainly most bosses, more on this, most bosses will fall for um, walking kind of through them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Again, yeah, no in multiplayer, in it seemed to, be, seemed to be tougher where they would attack faster uh, when me and my kids were playing together. Yeah. Like it was, uh, yeah, right. it was very hard to get yeah. hits in at some point in, in some of the later bosses. Yes, that yep. sort of walking through sprites in, in these two games that we're covering today is kind of weird because as a brawler vet, especially as somebody who's played through Streets of Rage 2 8 million times over the last 30 years nearly, uh, I always expect to grab. You expect to start grappling. Yeah, and, yeah. And and this game just does not have that. No. Like, uh, yeah, it's it's weird with that with that shredder because, yeah, like um, you can knock, the, the way it works is a remember now. You can, you can um, <clears throat> excuse me, not the helmet off either one, um, but like um, one of them's ri- one of them's the clone and one of them isn't. So uh, if you've uh, knocked the helmet off one and then you hit him, he'll only take like ten hits and then he'll die. But that won't be the real shredder, you know. Yeah. So yeah. like if you uh, if you hit the shredder and his helmet comes off within about ten hits, you know that's not the real one because the yeah. real one takes like forty odd hits yeah. before you knock <laughs> right. his helmet off. So, like, uh, yeah. if you do get, uh, if you're hitting one and the helmet's not coming off, you know that that's the right one. If you hit one and the helmet comes off straight away, what you're better doing is locking him in a corner because without the helmet, you won't do the mutagen beam and then just kiting the other one kind of up and down. But the, the, the mutagen beam, if you can't get the helmet off the other one, is the most stressful thing about that entire, about that entire battle because it's like, a three, yeah. it's like a three-pronged kind of uh, sure. laser beam that's the length of the screen um and it kills you with one hit and like i say i got all the way to the end and then got hit with that and it's yeah it's yeah. heartbreaking um i but, think there's an achievement for not having been hit by it and completing the game on the uh on the downloadable version which makes sense 
Yeah, a lot of the other bosses, like, once you master that, like you say, that kind of uh, uh, plane shifting kind of tactic, really, um, a lot of the other bosses fall into that pattern very quickly. The two kind of big granite, the, the two big rock kind of robot ones, they're called Granitar, I can't remember. Um, but, but like the one with the rocket launcher and the one with the flamethrower are absolutely wrecked kind of by that. And uh, Rocksteady and Bebop largely are, once again, providing you don't get greedy. Um, but, but like uh, the dynamic with there being the two of the, uh, or like four maybe if you play multiplayer, um, and that's the other thing that makes it even more difficult if you're playing multiplayer. You've got less chance of finding the right one. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, like, uh, if you kill the clone one, then another one just appears. So, like, you could... You, you, <laughs> it's an absolute, yeah. And there's no differential between which one's real no, and which one's clone. No, it's not even a little exactly. pixel clue yeah. or, or anything Nothing, like that. no. <laughs> so you have to... Yeah. Um, you just, you, your, Cheap, basic really. strategy is, your basic strategy is to pick one and see what happens. See, so when pick, it, see yeah. if the attack comes off. Yeah. Exactly. So lock one in a corner... And just repeatedly walk up and down and kill the other one. If you hit him forty times and his hat comes off, then hit him another <laughs> ten and he's dead. <laughs> You've won. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Easy. Of course, on the NES, uh, well, at least in the US NTSC version, you can cheat because it's a Konami game. To gain access, where you can select any level or extra lives, enter the following code on the main screen with the Turtles logo. Guess what? B A B A up down B A left right B A start. Uh-huh. That's a little bit of a difference. That is a bit different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we would we would very often mix up the codes for Contra and yeah, yeah. Uh, Turtles sure. together. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, I beat this game countless amounts of time uh, when I was a kid, starting on the final level with max lives. <laughs> that yeah, was the excellent. only way I could I could do it for sure. Good to hear. Marlu from our forum says the first time I saw the Turtles arcade game was during a family day out on the glorious Riviera of Rill. That's in Wales, foreign listeners. I was absolutely berserk about the series at that point, wearing my Raphael baseball cap every day for months until it wore out. I was blown away by the graphics and sound effects. Like all other slack-jawed kids crowding around the cabinet, it was like a playable cartoon and I begged my mum to let me have a go on it. I jumped into an ongoing game, hammered the buttons gleefully, and then died at rock steady. We didn't have the money for me to be credit feeding, and I didn't want to go back to my mum too quickly, so I just stood at the cabinet until the other kids took down the boss. Conscious that I wasn't actually playing, and it was a bit sad to have my hands on the stick and buttons, I gave up the spot where the next level started, and regretfully ambled back to my mum and little brothers. Looking back with longing, I talked about it for the rest of the day. Years later, I finally played the whole game through with a couple of mates at Arcade Club. I can't remember how long it took, but it felt like bloody ages, and it wasn't too much fun after the first couple of levels. (laughs) The personality of the character animations and the evocative sound effects did give me a Proustian rush, but once we got past the familiar stages, I realised that nostalgia had done much of the heavy lifting. As a happy snapshot of my childhood, it means something to me, but it's not a game I plan to revisit. Shadowless Kick, however, says one of the best things about growing up in the arcades of the 80s and 90s was the innocence and mystery of a pre-internet world. Games just appeared magically with no warning, no hype, nothing. Every trip to the arcade came with the possibility of an earth-shattering, pocket-emptying discovery. 
One Saturday in 89, I went to a friend's birthday party at the Frosty Putter, one of one of the many <laughs> mini golf. That's not real. <laughs> one of the many mini golf arcade establishments around the city. I would like to know which city. Uh, walking in, I looked beyond the welcome counter to the games room tucked behind, tucked into the back of the building, and positioned squarely in the centre of the space was a brand new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cabinet. Now, I knew the drill. These kinds of parties always followed the standard sequence. Golf first, then pizza and presents. Tokens last. Always last. Before then, mini golf and pizza were thing were never things I needed to endure. But that was before a freaking Ninja Turtles arcade game came into my life. Priorities shifted. When the time finally came, it was love at first credit. I didn't mind that they'd gotten Mike's mask colour wrong or the cabinet artwork or that model portraying april o'neill looks strangely off somehow she really does by the way it was like playing the cartoon and everything from the gameplay to the visuals and sounds went straight to the pleasure center of my turtle fanatic brain it was everything i could have wanted from a turk an arcade turtles game had i dared to dream of one before then it felt like a reward for all the fans who forced themselves to enjoy the infamous nes game whose best feature was its box art this was the game we wanted and it was pure magic Along with my first sighting of Street Fighter 2, that initial TMNT encounter at the Frosty Putter <laughs> remains one of my most indelible arcade gaming memories. That's got to be America, hasn't it? The Frosty yeah, Putter. Yeah, the Frosty Putter. Yeah, I was going to say, if you were going <laughs> to... Yeah. If you're going to make me name uh, name a stereotypical <laughs> British named uh, um, um, mini golf place, I would have said something like the Frosty Putter. That, oh, that, you're saying like British, okay. I, that's the way I would have done it. Sounds American to me. I picture something like golf and stuff from the Karate Kid and golf and stuff. The whole yeah, establishment. Exactly. Shadowless yeah. kick. Let us know where you're from. I want to know where the frosty putter is. And I, I might was put it, it outside then? Surely it's like it's got to be up north then, right? Why is it frosty? Frosty putter. <laughs> was there, I don't mean it's not. I don't mean Burnley. Like, is it, like, I meant like, is it in like Alaska or something? Oh right. <laughs> my my guess. Same difference. My I'm guess is that there's ice there's ice cream involved as well. Yeah. That's my guess. Amazing. It's a combination. Thanks <laughs> for the frosty putter. Incredible. <laughs> Let's go. Team outing. Uh, we also have some three-word reviews of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles arcade machine. Follow us on Twitter at Kana Rince. We'll start with Ben. Hold up, hold up. Just an interjection. I just quickly Googled it. It's in uh, PA, Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania? Good. Yeah. Damn it. The Frosty right. Putter Miniature Golf America. Course. They have, a, a Facebook, will, they have a Facebook I will be page. slacking Leah immediately after this to ask her if she's been at the Frosty Putter. <laughs> <laughs> She'll think it's a euphemism for something. Yes, that that does will. sound like prison slang, doesn't it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, ben. What are we on? Oh, yeah. Dead Beat Punk. Miles away. Deadbeat Punk says, need more coins. Cantona's Ghost says, dibs on Donnie. <laughs> That's Cantona, but you wouldn't know that. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. You want me to do it again? I'll do it again. Yeah, go for it. Uh, Cantona's Ghost says, dibs on Donnie. Bearfish Pie says, shooing the foot. Cal Elcom says, absolute multiplayer carnage. Aiden Q says, I miss it. Scouch Maloche says, leisure center time sink. And Rich Spurs 24 says, happy seaside memories. Seth from the forum says, I remember these two games well. 
as we adjunct into The Simpsons, alongside Final Fight, Cadillacs and Dinosaurs and Alien vs. Predator, whenever my family took a long weekend at Butlins. Now that's Britain, Brian. Uh, <laughs> these were what kept me entertained up until I inevitably ran out of change or had to go and do something outside for some reason. At that age, I almost worshipped the Konami logo. Me too. As they seem to be the ones to adapt my favourite shows as a kid. Looking back as a fan of the show, The Simpsons is really weird. There's a few familiar characters and locations, but I still never understood why they didn't take full advantage of the licence and use actual characters as the bosses. But it was incredible fun, looked fantastic, and in my eyes is a classic of the genre, albeit one designed to drain your wallet. TMNT is definitely the better of the two in my opinion. This is how you make a licensed game. All the characters are there and the challenge isn't as tough as The Simpsons. I can't remember the last time I played this, but the key word again is fun. Throwing around foot soldiers like, well, foot soldiers was one of the highlights of my young gaming life. It was years after these holidays when I finally managed to finish them. Living in the Wirral at the time, there was an indoor activity centre called Adventureland that had a lot of fun climbing-based obstacle courses, trampolines, bouncy castles, etc. But they also had a small arcade section where you could play the games for free, which included TMNT and The Simpsons. So me and my cousins used this opportunity to play through both games on different visits. In my opinion, this was more exhausting than all the climbing and jumping about. Just before we uh, land on The Simpsons, Dusk vs. Tweak from the forum says, I wish I had more childhood memories of actually playing both these games, but if I was near these machines in the wild, there was always a line. It didn't matter if we were a roller rink or an arcade, getting a spot on these games was part of the challenge. When I did play, it was a rush, just having a turn. I wasn't allowed to watch The Simpsons until the late 90s, but you couldn't escape their cultural impact. Honestly, seeing The Simpsons game intro was exciting. The Simpsons 1991. So why are we talking about it in this show after the Turtles? Well, because it is a scrolling brawler by Konami based on the Simpsons animated series. And it is, I think it would be unkind to call it a reskin because there's enough new stuff in here. But it is a reworking of the the exact same engine code and tech of it the It was a conversion game. kit. Was so, it? Okay. Yeah, operators could uh, right. change their Turtles machine into a Simpsons machine. I did wonder, yeah. And I think there were dedicated cabs as well, though, weren't there? Yeah, there were dedicated new cabs, but it was also sold sure. as a conversion kit, which is why if you want to get uh, an original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles arcade game, yeah, uh, they're increasingly hard to find because a yeah. lot of them had been turned into Simpsons machines. Makes a lot of sense. So yeah, yeah, Konami made this with Novo Trade handling the, there weren't many conversions. It came to C64 and MS-DOS only. I mean, the C64 game was incredibly late in that machine's life coming out. And it was uh, US only. US only. Funnily yeah. enough, yeah. Yeah. Uh, there was a Backbone Entertainment, again, Digital Eclipse release for Xbox Live Arcade and PSN since delisted. Uh, main program was by A. Suzuki, so not the same person as was credited on the turtles which is interesting uh it was released in the arcade in march 1991 usa first where obviously the simpsons came from and yeah that is almost exactly 30 years ago uh the xbla psn version came out in february 2012 but it was only available for uh like less than two years being delisted in December 2013. Handily, though, 
it was given away as it came out that month with PlayStation Plus. So as I've kept a PlayStation Plus account ever since, I still have that version. Um, and again, it's actually the emulation, I think, is solid. This time you have the difficulty settings, you have some art galleries, some other unlockables. You can unlock the Japanese ROM by completing the US ROM. Um, it has some different display settings. And yeah, it's basically uh, a fairly, you know, straightforward, but perfectly acceptable little emulation package. Uh, now, I think probably I don't know. Let's find out. I don't think any of us have quite maybe the same histories and nostalgia for the Simpsons game as we did for the Turtles. Ben, I know you haven't managed to one credit it yet, but you've you've played it through on video and you've since whittled down your number of credits to a, well, a, a, a tantalizing number. Yeah. Um, so I did it on that video uh, when I was doing it the same way that I did with the Turtles one, actually, like it was a, a Patreon request that somebody did. Uh, and I think I did it in 10 on that video or 12 or something like that. Um, I got it down to uh, five in the in uh, when I was playing it quite a bit. I had to go uh, today quite randomly oh, um, right. and was on unbelievable pace. I'd used like I think I'd used two or maybe no, I'd used two credits on by the time I got to like the last level, and then it all went to absolute pieces. And uh, I ended up using about eight, I think, in the end. It was ridiculous. It yeah. makes me think I could probably one credit it. Do you um, think it's harder yeah. than Turtles, as, as yes. our correspondent said? Yes. Yeah, yeah I think it is, yeah. I, I, think... would, I would try, if you didn't already, I would try the, the Japanese rum of it. It's a lot easier. Yes. It's a lot easier. It's a lot more fair, uh, fairly designed than the, yeah, the US rum. Might be something that I'll, I'll Where's the fun at. in that? <laughs> <laughs> True. It's thing. I end up beating them all eventually, though, right? Like yeah. it's like you'll you'll just because there's different kind of quirks. Yeah, but it's, it's it might be that it's a good way to start. You know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that. That's it. You're still going to be learning the mechanics of the game, the bulk of the mechanics of the game, right? And you're just in a fair sense. Yeah, that does make sense actually. At the time, I remember seeing this kind of everywhere, really. And because I, I don't yeah. know if you might have mentioned it before, but um, you took it at a time where if you wanted to, what we like, yeah, ninety-one ish. If you wanted to watch this in the UK, you needed to uh, you needed to have Dan Clark money and have uh, Sky TV, yeah, which not a lot of people kind of had. So like, um, it wasn't a straight away. It's not as it's not an intellectual property. Yeah, we should as... say Turtles was on BBC exactly on kids yeah. telly in the afternoon. The Simpsons wasn't available on terrestrial for many years over here. Yeah, yeah. An aw- yeah, an awful long time, wasn't it, really? It was a long time since B- BBC eventually started showing some in the late 90s. Yeah, maybe? exactly. Yeah, in yeah. that neighbourhood. I remember being at university and they're being on, yeah, so mm. you, you are talking late 90s. But yeah, like, um, it, it's so straight away, like, your um, your kind of key demographic, you are potentially missing yeah. quite quite a, quite a kind of a lot of them. Um, but I, I started seeing this showing up in kind of a arcades when i'd go on holiday with my parents if we go to like um if we go to south wales or somewhere like that um and i saw it in uh leisure centers and it seemed to be one of those games that showed up in yeah in leisure centers and same again yeah yeah, yeah. Well, it makes I mean? sense doesn't it yeah, and you it can does. actually see this one like being a video game while the ip clearly doesn't lend itself as neatly to a fighting brawler as yeah 
the turtles you could actually play this with the family you know taking the roles of the if, if you were you know one of those people who's <laughs> rarely <laughs> a rare enough example of society to be, to be part of the classic nuclear family you could actually potentially team up with um with your sister and your mum and dad if, if they were all there to play the game together i, I saw it kind of on and off and uh, and i'll tell you what, I, I do remember actually like when i used to walk home from uh, i used to walk home from school um and there was a uh, uh, the, there was a fish and chip shop that had the uh, that I used to play Captain America and the Avengers in, and uh, it's funny, right? Because they got I never forget. I think we had a, a piece of correspondence here. Where people said that just the mystery of like these machines turning up and disappearing. I went there one day to play Captain America and the Avengers, and they'd uh, replaced it. And I always remember thinking to myself, I was heartbroken about it. And it wasn't until the other day that I remembered that they'd actually got a Thundercross machine. Which, which me now would have been dead happy with. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, coming to the Thundercross thing. Yeah. But not long after that, I remember that uh, fish and chip shop had a because um, they just had a, a standard kind of cabinet. They had a, um, a Simpsons two player conversion kit, um, and I remember a lot of people playing that quite regularly. I remember, I do remember seeing that getting a bit of a getting right. quite a bit of quite a kind of bit of play. But yeah, it was. I just kind of saw it everywhere, really. Like it, it just seemed to, and plus as well, you're talking a different time, right? In terms of the the, the turtle ones come out, the turtles ones come out a couple of years. Like the, this machine's coming out when when Street Fighter Two and machines like that are, yes. are in, encouraging a new wave of people to get into to mm. get into arcades, and also as well where more kind of places that maybe wouldn't necessarily have arcades look at the fact that they could make money with. A Street Fighter, or do you know, what I mean, a Mortal Kombat, or whatever, or things of that that kind of nature. Yeah. Um, and you're going to be finding these Pit in fighter. Yeah, exactly. You're going to find <laughs> these in chip shops and uh, video shops, and do you mm. know, what I mean, places like that. Brian, were you uh, into The Simpsons in '91? I guess it was just it's on a regular TV channel for you in America. Yeah, the, yeah. You can't understate the the kind of pop culture impact the Simpsons had in America. Kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, but the, like I had the don't have a cow man t-shirt, you know what I mean? It was, it was yeah, a big yeah. thing. And and one of the, one of the big things at the time too, and, and, and everybody's experienced this is that um, kind of older, stiffer, more conservative adults were saying things like the Simpsons is bad. And like, yeah, was it bad George W. Kids. No, it was George senior. Wasn't it? Senior, Said, yeah, we we, w., we yeah. want American families to be more like the Waltons and less like the yeah. Simpsons. Yeah. Which, which instantly makes every kid in the country just crave the Simpsons. I mean, that just, yeah. it just, it just made it cooler, you know, and it gave it an edge. Um, but as far as the uh, arcade game goes, I didn't really see one in the wild until I was a little bit older, maybe 92, 93, cause I said we didn't have an arcade. Um, it was actually at a local hotel, um, where I would have some family like that would come into town, would stay, uh, near as a nearby city called Batavia. And, uh, so yeah, so, uh, I actually knew it was there. And then once we found out it was there, um, my, my, another one of my friends also named Brian, um, had a brother who was seven years older. So we would beg him to drive us to this hotel cause it had three or four different arcade games in it. And, and we went there and we, we'd play a ton of the Simpsons there. Credit feeding as much as you could, I guess, with oh, limited resources. Yeah, Mikhail, what are your memories of the Simpsons? Did they make as big of a, a smash in in the Netherlands as elsewhere? I was aware of them, um, but it would only be until later until they started showing up on Dutch TV as well. Uh, so it was all like T-shirts with Bart Simpson on it and stuff like that. Yeah, you know, just yeah. more like pop culture props more than anything. Yeah. Um, and when I saw the machine, I think for the first time in a cafe somewhere on a holiday in Spain, um, 
I just remember thinking, even though I wasn't that familiar with the animated series, like, okay, Konami has done it again. Again, they have turned this sort of cartoon property into, yeah, an actual interactive version of that on an arcade machine. Uh, I was, uh, again, just very impressed with, uh, yeah, just the graphical presentation of it. Yeah, uh, I pre- I'm i pretty sure that the arcade I was talking about earlier did take the conversion kit option because it was very much the one day I walked in there and it wasn't Turtles anymore, it was The Simpsons. I probably didn't know what a conversion kit was at that point, but yeah. there it was. Uh, I recognized that uh, it was, I was, again, like 19 years old at this point. I recognized that it was the same engine. I was savvy enough to understand that it was, yeah, it was clearly the same people behind it konami if not the specific developers uh and yeah i didn't see the simpsons for another four or five years after this so i i looked at the game and i thought yeah that looks like the turtles but with the with these characters that i don't really have any affection for but i did like the sort of the level of yeah cartoon authenticity and um and the the interactivity with all the background items and all the many many cameos of characters even though it was all meaningless to me i could just find it fun on a level like this is a yeah this is a new brawler video game yeah same Uh, and the thing is for the the turtles i also just got introduced them to them via the arcade machine so it was a very similar deal there for me and yeah there is the sort of stretchiness to the animations in the turtles and like and 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 sort of this you know crazy scaling going on on that clown crusty the clown ball balloon yes, boss for really example cool that sort of effects yeah yeah that sort of, sort of stuff and I, I really was very enchanted with the way all of that looked hunter 30 from the forum says i played the simpsons for a total of perhaps 5 hours and yet it's no exaggeration to say that it's one of the most influential video games in my life When I was around seven or eight years old, I spent a happy holiday on the English South Coast. I can't recall where for sure, but I think it was one of the Sussex towns, maybe Brighton or Worthing. What I can remember is that there was a games arcade, which to my young self was an Aladdin's cave of wonder and adventure. The cabinet that most captured my attention and the one that had me begging my mum for just one more pound was The Simpsons. Looking back, it's hard to know why this particular game held such a lure for me, as while I was aware of the TV show through pop culture osmosis, I don't think I'd ever watched an episode at that point. Whatever it was that drew me to it, I was hooked, and on each of the several visits we made to the arcade during that holiday, I practically had to be dragged away. Faced with her son's new addiction, I think my mum must have decided that it would be economically viable in the long term to invest in something that didn't swallow a pound every five to ten minutes. And so it was on that holiday she bought me my first ever console, a Game Boy. The rest, as they say, is history. I most recently revisited The Simpsons on a trip to Arcade Club with some mates in 2019. It's sad to say that the magic had largely faded, and even with four of us teaming up on the controls, the repetitive gameplay and characters' limited repertoire of moves meant our interest quickly waned. In terms of quality, I've played many, many games that surpassed The Simpsons, but in terms of importance, it will always be right up there for me. Uh, Yes, if you remember one arcade, Hunter 30, it was Worthing. (laughs) We had more. We had a lot more than one. (laughs) <laughs> so yeah uh the characters this time um obviously as i say it doesn't they don't so naturally lend themselves to a beat-em-up i mean the whole scenario to this game 
it was it does look rather like the people who made the game had very little idea uh, as what actually happened in the simpsons or why uh smithers seems to be the big bad up until the very last moments when uh, mr burns pops out which makes a bit more sense but smithers in this is this kind of evil character which he really isn't he has a crazy laugh as well yeah yeah uh, I think some of the voice samples are done by the original cast and some of them definitely aren't. Um, yeah. I think maybe the main... He's a jewellery thief. That's really weird. It's just running out of a store with a diamond. It's all very strange. And then Maggie starts sucking the diamond as if it's a, a pacifier or a dummy. And rather than just extract the diamond from the baby's mouth, he takes the baby as well. I know it's a cartoon, but it doesn't even it doesn't fit the sort of tone of The Simpsons for me. In fact, that's something I think that kind of carries through the whole game. Like it looks the part, but the whole thing feels more like a Simpsons fever dream than an episode. And I, I love that about it, actually. OK, because it's almost like this sort of a Twin Peaks nightmare scenario <laughs> of The Simpsons that you're in, right? Yeah, it's yeah. it's just like it's just there's something just so odd and unnerving about the whole thing. Even like there is there is an actual sort of fever dream there scenario is. in yes, there in the clouds the, and in the yeah. clouds and with these weird sort of rabbit looking things. Bingo as well. and Bongo characters from Life in Hell, a comic strip created by Matt Groening that he started before creating The Simpsons, make cameos in this game. Are those the 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 white? Yeah. Uh, rabbit yes, yes. or alien kind of kind of things. Yeah, yeah, and 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 a lot of the characters have that uh, math grooming face mm-hmm. with this, a little bit of a sinister facial expression as well. You know, with the to- the toothy grins and sort of the uh, yeah the the heavy eyebrows and the the the, the leering eyes. Um, and yeah, I just felt also even back then when I when I played it, there's just yeah, there's something uncomfortable about the whole game, <laughs> and I found that endlessly intriguing as well at the same time. And it's definitely it's partly that it's based around early seasons. So yeah. so we know, as I say, if you watch early Simpsons now, it feels a bit weird and off, although arguably not as much as <laughs> current Simpsons does. But uh, that's a whole other podcast. Um, but it's partly just it is like this is whereas for whatever reason, they totally got the turtles it feels like the people making this game just didn't quite maybe it was just you know too western too american for them to kind of get the 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 vibe of of the simpsons in in probably a very brief space of time that they had to develop it does everyone else feel that way or does everyone just think yeah no they nailed the simpsons what are you talking about no it feels it feels like bizarro world all yeah. the time um, but it, they nailed and, the aesthetics at least right yeah that's the thing that i was really right. uh, impressed about was that like it, it, once again just kind of aping what we said before like uh, it, it does feel like the you're playing the cartoon show at least it certainly did then and um really that matt graining style uh i'm it, i'm not sure if he's was completely in charge of all the exact characters mm. i'm sure by the time he would have approved everything probably. yeah exactly mm. but like just that feel like even like the enemies that weren't um actual characters from the simpsons look yeah. like they could have been just lifted from any simpsons Extras, episode. Yeah, so, right. yeah so it was really it was really kind of neat in that regard and i and like and i yeah. thought the graphics improvements were um were like significant like i remember like, like we were already talking about with the crusty the clown like it 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 did it it, it felt a little bit otherworldly but f- for me i wasn't by the time i got into it i wasn't necessarily um like adverse to that because like a, a lot of the 
not adverse, I wasn't un- uncomfortable with that because mm. all the Simpsons video games up to that point kind of were these weird, not weird, yeah. but like different. Bart's options. Nightmare. Bart, Bart's uh, Nightmare. Bart yeah. versus Space, Space Mutants. Yeah. Bart versus yeah. the World, which is a notoriously difficult game that I absolutely love. I mean, but it's a nightmare. <laughs> um, but uh, it's, uh, yeah, it, like all these games kind of were putting them in um, Bart, Bartman versus Radioactive Man, like these weird scenarios. So it didn't yeah. seem... It Bartzilla. Seemed like yeah, Barzilla, exactly. Barzilla. It seemed, uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it seemed really weird, yeah. like we, re, like a weird version of The Simpsons. But also, I was kind of used to that with Simpsons of games course. at that and, point. So, and 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 obviously, from the point of view of a NES gamer at home with these little yellowish representatives of The Simpsons coming to this arcade machine, this it looks like it looks so much closer to yeah. the visual, yeah. yes. the visuals exactly. of the cartoon. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and how do we feel about the the sound design for this one? So obviously, Danny Elfman's theme makes an appearance. The the again, they just like they did with the turtles, they pretty much recreate the uh, the famous title sequence. Uh, is there even a? Does it have its own couch gag? I think possibly a minor. Oh, I don't remember. But um, uh, other than that, there's there's a lot of. Uh, jaunty music i know the guy who composes or uh, there's probably been several people by now but the in-game in in show music is not danny elfman it's uh, it's been other people but uh again I, for me i would say the music captures the atmosphere of a slightly bizarro world version of the simpsons in an arcade machine in 1991 <laughs> it's like it, <laughs> yeah. it fits that perfectly i would never listen to this music in any other context but <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> while i'm playing the game yep it absolutely fits. what are you talking about i listen to it before going to sleep every night <laughs> yeah God, don't have nightmares <laughs> <laughs> well let's uh as we're running long anyway let's get into the the meat of the game so and we mentioned the scoring differences. So the the, the American uh, and World ROMs, I think, just score much like the Turtles with a three-figure uh, thing. But what they did in the Japanese version was they added two zeros at the end, basically, to allow for some slightly more sophisticated sco- scoring. Because the Japanese version was effectively a mod of the uh, a later revision of the game that was probably launched again, I, I would guess, without massive development time. Uh, they toned down the difficulty. So the the according to the cutting room floor.net, it simply says the enemies in the Japanese version seem a bit more stupid compared to the world version. Um, in the Japanese version, you must press the attack button in front of a food item to collect it, which puts it more in line with uh, with other games. Whereas in the Turtles, you just have to be in the vicinity, uh, which means you can collect it when you don't want to, I suppose, is the thing. Uh, the slingshot as like a little catapulty weapon was buffed significantly in the world version. It's about as strong as a normal attack, but in the Japanese version, it will kill anything in one hit. Nice. Uh, <laughs> my favorite one. When Smithers is defeated in the Japanese game, an assortment of fruit flies out of his body. Make of that what you will. <laughs> I don't know if it's an allusion to his sexuality or whether it was just <laughs> random. Yeah. Um, oh, boy. More characters were added to the Japanese ending, including Principal Skinner, Milhouse, Nelson, Sherry and Terry, Santa's Little Helper and Snowball too. So it's worth finishing that. There's also uh, nuclear bombs dotted throughout the levels on the Japanese version, which are screen clearers, which the yeah. the world and US versions simply don't wow. have. It's honestly a lot of fun, the Japanese version. Yeah, it seems a lot more manageable yeah. already from just what, yeah. what you've kind of said, really. 
Necromass from the forum says, I was born in 89, so I think I missed most of the heyday of arcade machines, but I still have very fond memories of playing both of these games many times in the late 90s at any opportunity I had to go on a field trip or birthday party at a place that had an arcade. The one I spent the most time with was the Simpsons game. One location had the machine stuck in a mode where any time you put a quarter in, all four players would gain 10 extra lives. So I would line up with three other kids and we'd spend an entire evening playing from level one all the way to the finish on just one stack of quarters. I can still remember the rush I felt when one of my friends and I would manage to pull off a two player combo move or when we'd finally take down a hard boss after countless deaths. But looking back on these and comparing them to any beat em up from later generations, the games really are pretty bare bones with pretty basic attack options. And as you progress, the harder enemies seem more focused on whittling down your lives count than offering up new and interesting experiences. Yeah, team up combo mode, uh, encouraging multiplayer. The, there's nothing in the turtles like that, is there? No, yeah, that's definitely a new move. And of course, the, the weapon pickups weapon pickups indeed so yeah, yeah. Uh, uh and yeah just uh there's more variety in terms of the i know you've got the fire hydrants and stuff but there's there's stuff in this game like um you know beehives and characters in the background <clears throat> offering you things to throw at people although why 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 is uh otto man the bus driver selling you drinks why is uh dr marvin monroe selling food i don't know I'm, it's a fever dream. It may, yeah, that's, that's the only answer. Yeah, for everything. <laughs> Blue Weasel Breath from the forum says, as a kid who was born a decade too late to experience the so-called golden age of the arcade, the Simpsons and TMNT arcade games are, for me, the pinnacle of arcade gaming. In my nostalgia-tinted memories, arcade games never got more fun than this. Every Friday in elementary school, our after-school program took us to the skating rink which was full of great arcade games, and The Simpsons was one I visited every time. At the time, it seemed exactly like I was playing a cartoon due to the faithful visuals and detailed animations. The sound design combined with the clicky bounce of the buttons made it so satisfying to beat up hordes of cartoony thugs. I even remember that one special day where a couple of teens had put so much money in they had gotten all the way to Mr Burns, one of the only times I ever saw the game's final boss. I think they ran out of quarters before they beat him, though. <laughs> I'm not surprised. Mm -hmm. I can't remember if they had a TMNT game in the skating rink, but the cabinet certainly was everywhere else in the States during the early 90s. Any Pizza Hut, family restaurant, Chuck E. Cheese or Turnpike rest stop had to have this arcade cabinet and an entire generation of youth likely as a Pavlovian reaction to that descending tone leading into the Turtles theme as the light burst from the sewer the sound would cut through whatever other noise was happening in the vicinity over and over again as we pressed the buttons during the demo, convinced we were having some effect on the action, unless our parents deigned to throw us a quarter or two. The soundtrack was killer. The different coloured foot soldiers completely blew my mind because they only came in purple in the TV show, which was my only exposure to TMNT at that time. The way you could slap them up against the wall and have them slide down, the whole experience felt alive. It's ironic that at the time, the care and attention put into both The Simpsons and TMNT arcade games made them feel constantly fresh through the entire experience, anything but monotonous. While returning to these games today, one of the first things I notice is the repetitiveness of the gameplay. But the games still bring me immediately back to that joy of being a grade schooler every time I start to play them. 
And every time I'm in an arcade these days, surrounded by ticket jackpot machines, dozens of driving games and shooting games, and that one game where you hunt deer, I tell my kids that back in the day, in my golden age, in my golden age of arcades, games used to be side-scrollers where you'd control some of the hottest cartoon characters of the decade, walk left to right and beat the stew out of dozens of enemies over and over again. Yeah, but it was, that's what it was all about. Yeah. Great post. Thank you. Uh, yeah, that final boss. Uh, it's, it, I mean, I don't know how many credits I used on it. Uh, what, how, what percentage of your credits is that taking, Ben? Uh, or or yeah. have you, you nailed that now? Is that? Mm, I don't know. Sometimes it's just frustrating, isn't it? It's, it's a kind of. Um, I haven't got any kind of specific tactic for it, which is ridiculous because it's the last boss of a, a long kind of scrolling brawler. Do you know what I mean? Like it's bound to, it's going to have loads of different patterns and, and kind of attacks. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. It's sometimes I'll find that everything seems kind of super easy and then I'll just hit like a really bad run of getting continually yeah. hit by stuff. It's, and it's a, uh, it's got like, especially in the later forms, it's got a lot of really powerful attacks. It's very easy to kind yeah. of, it's very easy for a run to go very bad, very quickly. <laughs> it is quite satisfying at least actually uh, having the, the feedback of, kicking parts off of it at the end and actually seeing the damage and the destruction which is something that i think again as with the turtles that for me the game is is lacking a feel of uh actual violence which and again same discussion like maybe it was deliberate maybe maybe it's just that they didn't nail that feedback animation and sound f for me but um but actually yeah that that burns boss again there's still a lot of um sliding up and down on the z-axis and waiting for it to align itself and yeah. again like you said not getting greedy like just taking the hit and uh taking the the opportunity to give it a whack and then it's just this it's the away. speed of those punching arm attacks he has like it's 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 impossible to and the hitbox is kind of wide and deep to yeah. it like it just doesn't I remember I played through this. They have a machine here at the at the local museum I was talking about. Yeah. Um, I remember playing through it last year with a buddy of mine, and just you know, we we kind of by the end we were we were laughing to each other how many times we were hitting the player one and two buttons just yeah, to yeah. give a pump more uh, you know meta metaphorical coins in the machine just because you just couldn't seem to get close to him without taking massive amounts mm. of damage. Yes, I mean it's uh, obviously, I mean practice can help and and it's interesting we're coming back to that sort of conversation we had about the turtles game like how how much was this designed to be beatable on on a single credit is it is yeah is it realistically feasible well obviously ben's got it down to a a, a modest number yeah, he could have played it through for a buck back in uh back in 91 i definitely think that the changes made to the japanese version uh shows that there were taking balance into consideration uh, yeah. a, a lot more. And that was kind of a theme for uh, Japanese arcades anyway, that yeah. you know, players over there just don't put up with cheap stuff yes. where they feel like they're getting robbed yeah. of, their, of their coins. So if that happens and a game in Japan, in Japan gets yeah. a reputation of being cheap or a coin muncher, people will just stop playing it. Yeah. They will start gathering dust in the arcade. Yeah, a bit more savvy to game design nuance and also just not into being... Chipped out, of, <laughs> chipped out of cash. Yeah, uh, exactly. But it's interesting. Again, I saw some someone the other day on social media somewhere talking about how uh, I can't remember even which direction they were saying in um, it was it happened. But they were talking about the idea that games were always made harder for 
uh, I think it was they were saying games were always made harder for the West. But that's mm. like I would say there's just as many examples in my memory of games that had their difficulty tweaked in either direction. Depending, so like you know, it might be a, a game that was notoriously hard in Japan might might be made easier for the West or a game, you know, or vice versa. Yeah, I, I think it's uh, it it happened more often that games were made harder over here, but often for the wrong reason. Yeah, and it threw, yeah. or through in the, the wrong way. It, yeah. Yeah, in the wrong way, just yeah. you know, through the 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 difficulty balancing of WEC. Sure. Yeah. Um, and yeah, one part of that is arcade operators here just having more of a short term gains. Yeah. Uh, instead of fostering a longer lasting culture, arcade culture, or yeah. a longer lasting business in mind. And the other side of it in home gaming was that uh, there was this whole idea of combating the the rental market. Absolutely. And it, uh, yeah. People. Yeah. Just. Uh, Publishers didn't want uh, people to to finish their games too quickly in one rental night. Yeah, absolutely. That's yeah, really interesting. Which, yeah, and I think all that thinking about that, obviously, I know, from Ben's point of view, there might be that sort of I don't know pride part of you that thinks, "Well, I want to beat the harder ROM," but actually beating the one that was maybe arguably more designed to be beaten on a credit—that's not so bad, is it? Yeah, but you you cut your teeth with that as well, wouldn't you? So yeah, do you know yeah, what I mean? So sure. if you look at like. I did the USA ROM of Ghouls and Ghosts was the first one that I did without dying, yeah. and then I did the World one, and then the Japanese one. Like it's just, it's, you learn kind of that, and it uh, yeah. it's going to be different, but it's never going to be that different. Do you know what I mean? Mm. You're just yeah. more likely to, I'm just yeah. more likely to put more time into a ROM that feels fairer, precisely. Yeah. And at the yeah. same time, I'll be able to kind of, uh, kind of upskill a little bit. I still, yeah, yeah, I still think I could do it. You know, I, I believe you. I absolutely believe you. I've seen enough <laughs> yeah. of your videos. But but there are cases, and a particularly egregious example is a metamorphic force, an mm. Konami brawler, very much in this style, mm. where the Western version has your life constantly being depleted. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And yeah. and you can't pick up food items that even if you take no hits, you can't pick up food yeah. items to to just finish the game in one credit. Yeah, Ar- arcades were more uh, for not not exclusively because obviously there were plenty of games that flew in the face of that sort of design philosophy, but uh, it was yes you were the philosophy was the culture was you were you were treating them as a kind of brief entertainment and uh, not as a piece of ludological design that could be interacted with in a in a meaningful way in some ways yeah and that and that's definitely very much the case in uh you know in Japan, japanese arcades that was uh, which is why a lot of times uh a lot of arcade games of the era that we grew up in uh, or in our golden era of arcades in the uh, the early 90s leon you're you were in there much earlier than us of course <laughs> much earlier but uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah. but but um, yeah. you know the 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 era where you could start throwing in coins to continue, so to speak. A lot of us have a, have similar reception to it that you read back in a lot of the uh, correspondence here on the yeah. show. Like, mm-hmm. okay, yeah, it was so magical at the time, but when you go back to it, yeah, 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 it's just all repetitive and a bit cheap, and you keep throwing in quarters. Whereas a lot of these games in Japan have a lot more reverence attached to them. Mm. Well said. Indeed. Uh, we have some more three-word reviews for The Simpsons. London City Night says, Season 1 Weirdness. Ruben Cornell says, Hoover em up. It's from Marge, I guess. Uh, Scouch Molosh says, Skateboard smacking shenanigans. Craig Higgins says, Not a cow. 
Debbie Punk says, stop stealing babies. That's advice for life, isn't it, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Kale Elcom says, remake, please, Konami. <laughs> You'll be lucky. Because uh, <laughs> that ain't happening, Cal. Uh, and Fernando Antuneth says, great arcade memories. Maybe they'll remake it if they do a pachinko machine. <laughs> it's the it's the uh, standard prescribed Konamo, Konami pachinko machine joke. <laughs> <laughs> what was it again? Um, the Simpsons erotic, erotic, uh, erotic violence, pach- pinball er- erotic machine. violence, uh, pachinko machine. Yeah. Given the state of the Simpsons these days, <laughs> I, I suspect they would sign off on that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you probably right. <laughs> so, in summary, these two games, uh, I will go first. Yes, I, I kind of agree with the correspondence that say, from from my po- point of view. And I, because I don't have that drive to get really good, like someone like Ben does in on a specific game of this nature, uh, I do find these games quite, you know, quite repetitive, and uh, I I will end up coin feeding rather than getting good at them. Um, but and I think yeah, in both cases, I just missed the zeitgeist in terms of yeah, with with turtles being a little too old. And in The Simpsons not being able to watch the cartoon. So neither of them fully resonated with me at the time. But that said, I really wanted to make the show. It made a lot of sense to me. And the fact that I have both of these games available, obviously you can play them, you know, illegally, illicitly on on MAME or whatever, or any other machine that you've got knocking around any kind of retro arch or whatever. Um, But I quite like the fact that I have both of these games officially and legally in my collection, my digital collection, um, available to play as part of my kind of notional arcade that, that is uh, that is my home. And um, yeah, sometimes I'll just whack them on just for a laugh. And it's as much as anything, just feeling the vibe, looking at the, admiring Konami's artwork of the time, obviously based on other people's artwork. And that sense of, yeah, like the sort of, sugar rush 90s 80s 90s blast i'm not somebody who like spends my life living and wallowing nostalgia but sometimes <laughs> it's it's like there's a really you can get a really healthy you know kick of it um you know the 90s certainly for me was a much easier time of life uh it was simpler and um things were yeah brighter and more fun basically than you know adult life proves to be a lot of the time um and uh and so yeah it can it can even though i'm i'm neither a massive turtles or uh or wasn't a simpsons person at the time and i'm not again now um those games can can conjure up good feelings and yeah that includes the sound and uh and yeah and and includes actually for me because i i played these through with arcade sticks includes the sound of actually slapping those buttons over and over again see i imagine ben plays these with his trusty pad but for me part of the experience is very much the lever and uh and the slappy buttons but yeah um you can't buy them anyway either of them so yeah i don't really recommend them (laughs) actually but uh (laughs) i hope you've enjoyed this interesting look back (laughs) uh yeah when i think back to this spirit in time in arcades most of my money was going into Final Fight and then a little bit later on in uh, 91 and beyond uh, Street Fighter 2 yeah. and some other one-on-one fighters. Uh, so I did spend the odd credit on both The Simpsons and The Turtles, um, but never really got that deep into it. But to me, they're just 
really well-crafted, lovingly interactive cartoon beat-em-ups. And um, yeah, I do like them quite a bit. Uh, never thought of them as highly as some of the uh, yeah yeah some of the work done by Capcom. Yeah. And of course, who can forget WinkySoft? Um, but <laughs> are you are you making referential in jokes to another podcast that maybe some of our listeners don't hear? What you know you don't know about WinkySoft? <laughs> Makers of uh, of Guardians, uh, Denjin Makai too. Yeah, check that out. Okay. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Almost managed to keep a straight face there. Um, and f- yeah, finally, um, I do think also when you, you know, when I looked at Ben's clears and also the the uh, video where he explained all the tricks behind it, you do realize that, you know, maybe these games have more depth to them. Maybe not all of the, it is intentional depth, mm-hmm. but a lot mm-hmm. more depth to them then you might give them credit for. And, uh, you know, there's more to it than meets the eye. And there's more below the surface there to to delve into. So, you know, you can see that uh, that Ben, for example, has spent a lot of time um, analyzing the games and, uh, and trying to break them down, especially the Turtles uh, arcade game, of course. So, yeah, I think they're, they're a very big part of, arcade gaming and video game history and like you i revisit them from time to time and yeah it's just all around feel good stuff yeah that was that was my hope yeah brian similar vibes uh yeah i think i think this like calls into question like the conversation that you have to have with nostalgia like we're we're, like if you look at this game these games in 2021 would you like play them and say that these are good video games and and that's uh, an objective and, and subjective experience um i whether or not i'd recommend them if you if you don't have a certain amount of love for either in a property uh maybe not um but uh, in like if you but if you view it in the context of how i felt about them at the time um not only were they good games they were the pinnacle of you know like creativity and 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 artistic creation at mm. the time like um <laughs> You have to you have to be able to look at things through both lenses, kind of kind of equally and at the same time, and it's not always easy. Uh, nostalgia does does kind of cloud judgment, and I much like you, Leon. I am I do have nostalgia for things, but I don't I don't yearn to live in those times necessarily. But but it is really nice to be able to kind of like you know put them on like a like a like a nice old pair of gloves or a nice old pair of jeans or something, um, and and revisit these games. Uh, I, I have I have an immense amount of love for both these games, and uh, while I can't. I can think of now as me in 2021, Brian. Um, I can think of a bunch of side-scrolling beat-em-ups I'd much rather play from yeah. that era. But if you're if you're talking about 1989 and 1991, Brian, that the, there wasn't any game he'd rather be playing than these. So, um, so looking looking back on that, um, I'd say that uh, I it definitely has informed my taste and 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 sensibilities with video games. And I spent so much time with both these games that. Um, they're incre- regardless of whether or not I think they're good, bad, or or whatever. They're they're certainly incredibly important to me. So um, so yeah, if you uh, if um, if you like these games when they came out, it they are fun to go back to. Perfect. Thanks, Brian. And let's finish with our guest Ben. Yeah, I am. Um, in when we set about doing this, I was like, I shall play these games again to try and uh, to try and get good at him again and, and <laughs> see like him or get good at turtles again. I don't think I was ever that good at the Simpsons, but um, get, better than get, most, I would suggest. Yeah. You know, like get, get good to the point where, where I could kind of, I don't know, get some kind of 
feedback of feeling of getting kind of better at them. And it wasn't until I started playing Turtles again that I kind of remembered like two different experiences I had with it in terms of being like a, a wide-eyed like 10-year-old kid and like sprinting into a, a bowling alley and playing this and sitting where I'm sitting now with a, a cup of tea and my trusty uh, <laughs> Buffalo controller yeah, taking this game that had like that I'd put so much into as a kid and absolutely breaking it to pieces and yes. uh, and <laughs> and constructing it kind of back, you know, like I and it's hard for me to say which process I enjoy more, really. Like um, it's it's I I really enjoyed playing these playing both these games kind of growing up. They were they were both kind of fundamental parts of the arcade experience. But coming back to them now from a I don't know, a progressional kind of clear point of view, I think like there's so much more to both of these games than people realize. Yeah. Like there's so much more to be had to kind of put in, put in time in. And I go on all the time about, about the big clears that, that, that for, for me that I've done that represent some of the best games, the best gaming I've ever kind of recorded and golden Axe and girls and ghosts and all stuff. Like that. I tell you like beating turtles on a single credit was exhilarating in a whole different way like i i yeah mm. uh, i and playing it again has really made me think you should do that again because that was amazing and especially now i've got a different streaming setup with like a camera and a headset and stuff like yeah. the catch capturing see the emotion exactly yeah capturing it like that would would be something would be something kind of truly special but yeah through the magic of uh, through the magic of emulation you can kind of play these anywhere which is which is good really because they're they're essential kind of parts of of that kind of brawler scene really like um i think you're right in terms of the the turtles property lends itself kind of more but it's not to say the simpsons one isn't well crafted and isn't kind mm-hmm. of fun and uh both of them are exactly what these kind of games should be which is it's just fun right they just it's hard to, it's hard for me to if i play one of these games and i'm not happy I'm generally happy when I finish playing them. Beautiful. Uh, so you can, if you've enjoyed Mikhail and, and Ben uh, talking about old things and uh, pop culture of the time, uh, Video Wizards is the podcast for you. Where do people find that? Uh, VideoWizardsPodcast.com uh, or Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all that stuff. It's on there. And if you have enjoyed hearing Ben talking about tearing turtles apart what's the youtube channel check me out on uh one credit classics on youtube there is a okay right so i've got a multi-part long play of pokemon ruby happening at the moment that is a 17 part special that's kind of going on um there is also two live streams uh, a week that's 6 p.m gmt where i play games not that people pick me on patreon and we try achievement stuff on thursday and at the moment i'm randomly kind of in and out in between playing um a live clear of castlevania uh aria of sorrow on the game boy advance mm. i am at part three i think of that cool and it's game. got and i spent ages right making a thumbnail for that where i tried to look a bit like van helsing I so i'm quite that. That, i'm, I'm, I'm quite close. happy with that yeah, yeah i'm re- I'm, uh, I'm kind of really happy but what i'll probably do is uh in conjunction with uh games that you've got uh on kane and rinse coming out that yes. are of the eras that i can kind of successfully emulate like when you're putting a podcast out i shall endeavor to stream and try and get a clear of something like that awesome because i think it will uh, it will tie in so when this comes out 
check uh, One Credit Classics out because I'll probably either be playing Turtles or The Simpsons. <laughs> Fabulous. And <laughs> nice. you'll be joining us again later this year for at least one more show, I think. Is that right? We got Castlevania. Are you on that one? Yeah. Yeah. He should be if he's not. He should be if he isn't. Yeah. yeah. You were going to give up your seat, weren't you? Exactly. Well, I we'll have oh, to. I, I can't. It's not. I'm not. I'm not. Even, I'm not playing Dead Man's Chair. I haven't. I, <laughs> I'll have to thrash I, this I'm out. I'm in chair. You'll have to. You'll have to. You'll have to uh, wrestle, uh, jelly wrestle between you to to decide. Yeah. Uh, I'll do. I'll know. do your video. All right. Ben will be, <laughs> ben will be back on like anyway. Castlevania video. <laughs> <laughs> so it remains for me, Leon, to thank Brian, Michiel and Ben, Editor Jay, as well as our correspondents. Wonderful stuff as always. Plus you for listening. Next time in issue 460, bringing things up to date with very, very Doom Eternal. Doom Eternal.